0: of land under starry skies above, don't fence me in, let me ride through the wide open country that I love, don't fence me in, let me be by myself in the evening breeze, listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Thank you.
1: Well, good morning and happy Tuesday already? No, what's today? Wednesday. I don't know. It's everything it's been kind of crazy. I've been busy. Things have been nuts. Get much sleep Sunday battling these buzzards over the Golden Oak thing. Idiots didn't work for him, but it's up late, kind of got me behind for the rest of the week. So jet lagged, Kyla. Is that that's the feeling? <clears throat> well, so much to talk about. Mark Cason's going to be coming in, by the way. And Matt, when Mark gets in, just have him come in because Matt uh, Mark is on a uh, short leash. Got to get out of here by six thirty. When to talk to him about yesterday? Because you know the left, of course, celebrating the Cohen thing and the Manafort thing, and both of these events are highlighting the ridiculousness of the Mueller investigation and the haplessness of it and they've got to use some stoolie like Cohen to see if they can get some information on President Trump if they had it they'd already we'd already know and the Manafort thing is just another another example of the aimlessness of the Mueller investigation because these are all things that normally you'd think the feds would have picked up on a long time ago the Manafort crimes but it took the Mueller investigation and it's wandering around looking for something, anything, to find Manafort. Manafort's been apparently involved in these activities for a long time. Why haven't the feds noticed it? That should give you pause about whether or not they actually are doing their job, because if it weren't for the Ma- uh, the Mueller investigation, Manafort would never have even been arrested. You believe that? So it just goes to show you it's really proof that Mueller has nothing and he's wandering, wandering around, just gathering whatever fruit that fell from the tree that he can. And so we'll talk to Markation about that. Also, of course, about the Iowa killing. The and I would go through with you to the AP style book as it relates to illegal immigration and who you can call an illegal immigrant or whatever. And the AP style book now says you cannot use the term illegal immigrant or illegal alien that you have to describe the illegality as an act. So every time you talk about this killer, you have to say he's a Mexican person who came here illegally from Mexico or whatever. I have two friends in here, believe it or not at the same time for crying out loud. Oh, by the way, how about that rally yesterday, Casey? Hey, Brother Bob, I'm going to talk to Brother Bob in just a few. If you guys remember my rant from yesterday regarding the 17-year-old who was shot to death, Brother Bob was the one actually who first responded to him on the ground. Correct, Brother Bob? Yes, yes. And this was me talking about this in relation to the uh, – in relation to – the Confederate statue pull down in North Carolina, if you do recall, and how ridiculous that is, and how all those white liberal guiltists down there on campus, all these hipsters, uh, haven't lifted a finger to resolve the issues that are plaguing the inner cities, and particularly, for instance, the life of a 17 year old boy who wakes up one morning, it's his birthday, thanks the Lord, that he made it this far as a 17-year-old, and then hours later is shot to death himself. And the fact that anybody even has to live like that in this town or in this country is horrible and needs to be addressed, and pulling down Confederate statues won't address it. He wasn't killed by one. He wasn't killed by a cop. He was killed by somebody else in the community. And Brother Bob is one of those individuals who's been out there in the trenches – trying to raise awareness of this, working with people, for instance, from Black Lives Matter and others who uh, to try to do something constructive, knowing that a lot of these other folks
2: are just playing small ball. Correct, Bob? Correct. Very correct, yes. Nice to see you, by the way. Say, man, it's so good to be back with my common sense brother and my liberal friend, Mark Kasem. <laughs> right. And you know I love our family, man. You know, the yes. Radio Free Auburn family, uh, they are so just... We just come together, and it's just great that we need this in this point in time in history, man. Yeah, yes, yeah. Sir.
1: Well, you've done great work, and uh, you know, Mark Mark knows that. And, and and to Mark's credit, you know, he he hangs out with people who try themselves also to uh, to try to do some constructive things in the community. Even though I think one of them was responsible for the hands up, don't shoot thing, that lie, whatever they came up with.
3: No, there's nothing wrong with with that story uh, because it represents a problem across the entire United States. It's not just about Michael Brown. It's about all black people, but, okay. but, you know, here's the thing, as you know, uh, I'll be leaving here in a little bit uh, to go to Normandy uh, to work at, at Normandy high school uh, with young people who really are, are part of the problem that, that exists out here. I mean, you described who they are and what they're doing and, and, There was uh, somebody killed at the uh, uh, the Metrolink station or something in the, you know, middle of this night. Yeah. So, I mean, this is not not any. And let me tell you, the kids want to stop it, too. And the kids are capable of doing more than almost anybody because they're part of the problem and, and they don't want to be. So, you know, there, there's there's much that, that we can do. And just because um, and, you know, I say that 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 white people should apologize every day uh, when we wake up in the morning to black people across this country. The president of the United States should say, yeah, I, just one more day. Want to remind you, we're sorry for what we did. Yeah,
1: I'm, that's where I am on well, this. B- Brother Bob, I mean, well, here's the deal. First of all, President Trump. I'll just keep talking about our 17-year-old friend. President Trump didn't kill him. A Confederate statue didn't kill him. Can we at least agree that there are issues that have to be addressed that don't involve these typical white liberal answers that we get all the time, which is apologize for slavery and pull down a Confederate statue? No, we we should apologize,
3: but at the same time, we should be working – to end all the things that you talked about yesterday, sure. I mean, every bit of it, I mean, and 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 people can do it. And and listen, <laughs> brother Bob knows as well as anybody, and maybe better, uh, that there are black people who are out here doing things against the interests of solving these problems because they're getting paid by somebody. Okay. And and somebody, we know George Soros is putting a lot of money in here. Well, it, it may not be George Soros that's the problem. It may be some some other white people in this town who are the problem. Uh, but but the point is that that I mean I think George Soros is probably doing a lot of good. In fact, a a whole lot of good. But but that doesn't mean that some of his money doesn't get spent improperly because we know that too. You know, again. Brother Bob knows the details on all these things. He's on the ground. He's been there <clears throat> yeah. for a very long time. He knows what's up.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and Brother Bob, I know you. Listen, I, I, Mark, I know you have to go. What at six thirty or something? Six thirty. Okay. Yeah. So, what, Brother Bob? What I'm going to do is I need to fight with Mark here for a second about the Manafort and Cohen thing. So, do you have time to stick around for oh, just course. a little bit? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we, we want to talk also about you know part of the reason why. Brother Bob is a a supporter of President Trump as well, is because he knows that there are issues related to the economy and developing the economy, a stronger economy, uh, that have to be addressed and that are part of the solutions you're talking about. And I do believe President Trump is doing a good job in creating a stronger economy that involves more stakeholders and and higher wages, more jobs, and everything else. I don't know whether you were able to see – uh, that rally last night but uh boy were they were they loving on 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 some uh some president trump last night there in west virginia i don't know whether you caught that or not did yeah, you catch I, that
3: i was able to see it but, but i wouldn't even waste my time watching it but, well cuz cause you, cause you think he's just going to jail anyway yeah but and, but you know i i texted you the other or yesterday because i i do really want to modify this a little bit i think they're going <laughs> probably going to put him in jail but but i don't really want that uh, what I would like is, I think that that, and and I'll say it this way: you know, you remember lions and tigers and bears? Oh my! Yes. Well, how I do about that. how about Collins and Hunter and Cohen? Oh my! Okay. I so know. the yeah, so all of his people are crooks. He's a crook. Well, Everybody so, he works uh, with is a crook. They they all need to be convicted, but he, and and they will be, just like Manafort. But but here's what I would like to do: let's instead of putting them in jail. Let's give them community service time, and we can send them out to coal factories and, and, and to beaches. Let's send them to the beach where they can clean up the, all the, the, the uh, plastic at the beach. Come on, let, and they can work the rest of their lives cleaning that mess up that they would like
1: to create because they're crooks. All right, let me follow up in sure. particular. And by the way, President Trump last night said – you know, this whole thing, where is this whole, where is this, where is this collusion
4: and the Russian witch hunt? We got a whole big combination. Where is the collusion? Where is where, you know, they're still looking for collusion. Where is the collusion? Find some collusion. We want to find the collusion at the beating heart of this election. Is border security. We have. Yeah, to-
1: and so he really focused on issues that, and we'll get to that too, because this whole thing in Iowa is another debacle and one that ultimately will have to be addressed. This is, I'm not saying this needs to be used just as for, for political gain, but this idea of abolishing ICE and all that kind of stuff is going to be coming back to haunt the Democrats. But to the point about Cohen and Manafort, when President Trump last night said, Where is the collusion? That's the problem with this investigation. The Manafort convictions and indeed even the indictment are indications not to most Americans out there who really don't even know who Manafort is and don't care. But they they look at this as an example of how the Mueller investigation, all it's doing is running around and looking for any – you know how you go apple picking sometimes – and there are people who will pick up apples off the ground that have already fallen from the tree instead of picking them from the tree. This is what Mueller doing with the Manafort thing. Manafort, he has found some apples, well, hasn't you know, he? Ma- Manafort should have been caught. Well, we don't know. Manafort so far. But we, we – it's amazing the crimes that Manafort is accused of committing and convicted of committing. These are crimes the federal government should have been able to find on its own but never did. And it took a Mueller investigation wandering aimlessly through the apple orchard to find the Manafort deal. That should tell you everything you know, need to know, first of all, about the feds and their inability to catch people doing this kind of thing. Because if it weren't for Mueller, Manafort would never have been convicted. And it also tells you something about the Mueller investigation, which uh, they don't have anything, so they clung to this thing.
3: Well, you keep saying nothing. You keep saying that, but here's the thing. This is the Al Capone approach. Yes, what what they're doing is getting the convictions for what they can at the moment, and then moving on to put the pressure on this guy to tell everything that he knows about what the Trump people have done. That is, let's call it conspiracy, because that's the crime. Well, wait a minute. And, but, with, and, but with Manafort,
1: yeah, though, if, if, had Manafort had anything to tell? About Trump, he would have told it long ago. This not guy's true, going up the you river know that? for decades. How do you know that? He's not going anywhere because he's in huge no. trouble right yeah, now. He, okay. he wouldn't wait until you're convicted yeah. and almost sentenced to. He's to, hoping to, for a pardon of uh, the rest of your life in prison.
3: He's hoping for a pardon, which is also obstruction of justice. You know, when when Donald starts uh, pardoning these people, which he's probably going to do shortly, uh, they'll that will be. An additional charge against him. Because, again, as many of these very top constitutional lawyers have said, he has the right to pardon anybody, but he doesn't have the right to pardon
1: people for corrupt. Purposes. We don't know what he's doing. You guys, well, here's that's, thing, okay, you that's you my are, point. You we don't are, know. Right. So just he, wait a minute. I know, but you, but but don't, why are you talking about how horrible it is that Trump pardons people because he hasn't pardoned anybody yet? Well, he pardoned Arpaio, a criminal. Yeah, well, I'm just saying he's not going to – there's no indication he's going to do that with Manafort at this point. On to the Cohen situation. Now, here it is. The So you're saying that the Mueller investigation and the efforts to bring down the president will depend on some – S- low life stooley who now has found himself wrapped up in some who has tapes. federal net who has tapes. Right. But, but here's the deal tapes. though. Lots of tapes. But we've are everything. they? I mean, no, no.
3: Listen to Lanny Davis this morning. The The tapes are there and they're going to present them to Mueller as part of the deal that they want to make. That's Cohen now. Yeah. That they want to make. In order to keep Cohen out of jail. Yeah. Look, it, and, Maybe and, so. and listen, Omarosa's got it all too, you know. Well, that, she's, that her fortunes call, are slowly. Look, low life, it doesn't matter. Around. Yeah. Call them all low yeah. life. That's fine. And they are. They're yeah. all criminals. And now uh, you've got Cohen admitting he's a, pr- a criminal. But remember this Cohen was, was Donald's. Attorney, yeah you think that Cohen was a criminal, and Donald is
1: not well, the, no the, no i don 't know whether it 's that I think this is I, I will give you this that President Trump does tend to as we have seen sometimes cavort with the wrong people okay i, I think that, that's a, that's, that, i think that's a, that's a i think he 's far too trusting he 's far too gullible sometimes, and sometimes he 's far too thrilled with people who are thrilled with him. And so he winds up in trouble with the, you know, like Omarosa, come on, she's she was not a good investment, now, even, I agree even with when that. she was sure. at her best. Listen, and, and, I, and Cohen I, is another let, story. But this but again, going back to all this though, Mark, but here let me go back to this. I cavort
3: <laughs> with people like Jamie Allman. See, you don't have to agree with me. Okay, but I know one thing. I know you have integrity. I know that you've got 15 Emmys. I know that you're a real journalist. Okay. This is not the BS that's going on that this country is dealing with right now. And can I tell you a little story real quick? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I was in in my restaurant. You You know, I. I, Well, (laughs) stop it. No, thank Thank you. you. You're, You're that guy. And and the thing is, I was at you know I go to original pancake house. Uh, all, well, I can't right now because I'm back teaching again because school is is on. But I I go there on the weekends. And I was there. Mark's
1: this, life of leisure is over.
3: Yeah, now, so well, just a little. But anyway, I this weekend, this past weekend, I was with a guy. Very conservative guy. His name is Jim. He's got a farm out in the middle of Missouri somewhere. He's got guns like there's no tomorrow. You know, you
1: know, no, wait a minute. You know who? You know who? You know I know him, right? Do, do you? you? You know that's Halliburton Jim, right? Oh, okay. Well, okay. So, so keep in mind. I know you. I know you have to go. No, I'm not. But, but Jim Halliburton Jim. The reason why I know him is because – and you say he's Jim. He's out there on yeah. Office 70? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is Halliburton Jim. So you guys remember way, way back in the day when there used to be a guy who would call into the show during the Iraq War. And he'd call in. And it sounded like he was, you know, kind of far away, but he called in, he'd be be breathing so hard, he'd be talking about Halliburton Jim and and, about Dick Cheney and Halliburton and all this kind of stuff. And he just hated Bush and he didn't like Jim, you know, uh, 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 Dick Cheney. And we called him Halliburton Jim because all he would talk about was Halliburton and the Halliburton Conspiracy. His name is, was Jim. Well, I don't think that and, that, that may not
3: be this. Well, wait a minute, though. Okay. I may,
1: you might. It might be. So, yeah. so then back in the day, for whatever reason, his schedule changed or something and he stopped calling the show. But he'd call and he'd be like breathing heavy and hard and everything else. So one day, I'm on my way to Jefferson City. I don't mean to take your story here, but I'm on the way to Jefferson City and I see it, it, on 70 in a field, I see a Studebaker shell, you know the old Studebaker cars. Those little, uh, sure, oh, they're, they're like those little. I can't remember what this was called, but it was like a Studebaker uh, coupe or something. It got to be
3: over twenty five. But go ahead,
1: yeah, Studebaker <laughs> coupe. And and I was going to buy the Studebaker and refurbish it just for fun. And so I wrote down the number on the thing, and I call the guy. And I'll be darned if that's not if 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 it's not Halliburton Jim. Who I've called, I don't even know whether he recognized my voice or anything else, because he didn't say anything to me or hang up. And he and I had a nice conversation and everything else. And I almost bought that Studebaker from Halliburton Jim. I think that's him. Yeah, I'm not
3: sure that it is. This guy's got a real deep voice, and he's I think he may be younger than than the person no. you're thinking of. But at any rate, I mean, this guy loves you. So I don't know about this. Uh, Yeah, this guy loves you. He thinks you're terrific. And of course He's got guns, oh he's got he's got guns, lots of guns anyway the here's the point. We had a long conversation. He was about to take his his son off to college uh, for you know this to start college again uh, for this year but but the the conversation came down to this this guy is is against taxes, he's against big government he's he, he's four guns.
1: Listen, he sounded like you.
3: Okay, he, no, he's and, against,
1: and this against taxes, or he's against, uh, or, or or he's against the the overwrought federal tax system. Or yeah, that, okay, exactly. Right. Okay, no, okay. no, no, that's okay. right. right. And, and,
3: because listen, we talked about a lot of things. The bottom line to what I'm getting is here is that this guy couldn't be further from my side. Okay, but I mean, we walked away agreeing that people need to go to work people need to to profit from their merit not from just giving things away yes that 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 we need to have a a country where where everybody is working hard and producing things that that benefit the united states and 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 truly create the economic growth that you're talking about and and I don't disagree with any of that. You know that, I, no problem. So we walked away agreeing totally on on just general principles. It's just how to, how to get there. Because as you know, I want to give everybody free college, which we once did, and it worked terrifically. I want I love the Marshall Plan because it worked phenomenally well, created the greatest uh, world society that that anybody can imagine because yes. we've had peace not you know certainly people shoot each other sometimes but you know we don't ha- we haven't had major wars we you, we're doing things right until the madman got in control <laughs> and and I'm not I'm not angry with conservatives I'm worried and I think everybody should be about the madman who is is in charge here? And I think Melania may be worried about him too. No, nope, so that's here, another here, point. I,
1: here, here's what I am telling you, A- and I realize that because we're in the business of talk radio and political issues, this kind of stuff, like the Manafort Cohen stuff, becomes, you know, interesting to us. Most Americans do not care about Manafort or Cohen. They don't even know who these guys are. You're right. This is inside the Beltway babble, and the only people, the other people that care, are the people who hate President Trump, and they can shoehorn into this their ongoing fantasy about President Trump's corruption and Russia collusion. But I'm tell- it, but do you think <clears> it's do you feel good about the way he calls
3: people names and does? I mean, it's a he has created a, 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 an atmosphere. In, in the White House, which you wouldn't – if your
1: kids acted that way, well, you would throw I, a complete I, you know what? I, you know what I would say first, though, off, even if my kids were, were acting that way, I'd figure out why. And secondly, I'd probably realize that it's because people won't leave the guy alone. At some point, you know, it's like, listen, I think LeBron James can say whatever he wants to say, and he's got the right to say it. I'm not one of those shut up and sing or shut up and dribble guys. I, th- I think if people have a forum, I don't blame them for using it. But at some point, do we really have to say – have people at the VMA Awards or whatever the hell it is say Donald Trump sucks or Donald Trump's a ra- – he's called a racist. He's called a misogynist. He's called – every time you turn around, somebody's trolling the guy. After a while, people just kind of get sick of it, and President Trump is no exception. Is he, is he a misogynist? No.
0: What?
3: No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, he's wait not. a second. We know what he said when he came off that crazy bus with all that ter- that terrible – I mean, that, that's not President, misogyny? President Trump that, has, if
1: that's not misogyny, President what Trump, the heck is? President Trump throughout his life has elevated the careers of more women than Barack Obama ever has or will or George Bush ever has or will or Bill Clinton ever has or will. Uh, this guy, through his actions—I'm talking about actions—you could talk all you want about what he said to some goofball on a on a bus, or or or, or his divorces, which doesn't make him a misogynist, or anything that, that that kind of stuff. But but he's not a
3: misogynist. The guy through his what actions- about the eighteen women who claim that he's done all kinds of? Where did things? they go? Yeah, they're coming.
5: They're here. <laughs> <laughs> Avanati is
3: representing they? several of them right now, go. and he says. He says, "Listen, if you believe that there's nothing going on, just wait yeah. and see." Aven- because he's bringing all of this to court, and I'll tell you, Avenatti is is really yeah. truly the one who has brought us
1: to this point with Cohen. Avenatti for president. So you're so you're Oprah. done. So you're done with Ocasio Cortez already, are you? No, so now you're onto you, That Avenatti Ocasio- for president. Oca-
3: Ocasio Cortez is a wonderful person, brilliant lady. And the only problem with her is she's 28 years old. So it's seven years before she can even run. So just let her do what she's doing. She's great. I don't
1: want Avenatti for president okay, anyway. Well they're talking about him. Other, yeah, I know. He's talking about You guys him. keep talking about all these things that are coming. And, and let me tell you something. And some of them if, have if, gotten if, here. If, if Mueller – and I realize this is being masked as some kind of like, well, Mueller's just taking his time. And he's putting everything in place here. Believe me, this guy – These this Manafort Cohen stuff just indicates this Mueller investigation is just a bit of scatterbrained witch hunting, shoot anything that moves investigation that isn't going anywhere and isn't leading back to Trump. Yeah, but they've got seven witches already. Let me me say, if they had anything, it would have been out by now. It's kind of like like this mythical, they've got seven, it's like this mythical n word tape. Where is that tape? Well, that, that Omarosa they're, they're keeps talking it. about. It? Oh, they're, yeah. say, they're
3: okay, saying it's coming. But wait, but so far we've got Flynn, we've got Papadopoulos, we've got Cohen, we've got Manafort. I mean, we've got Gates, we, we've got uh, Collins, we've got. I mean, all these these criminals, right. all these you people. You know what? You know what
1: Americans uh, are worried about. We've got 17-year-olds who are boasting that they made it to 17 yeah. uh, on their birthdays in St. Louis. We've got people, people being hunted, hunted down I'm and going, stalked when by, I, by when illegal I leave here, aliens. Okay,
3: when I leave here at 6.30 in a few minutes, I'm going to work on that
1: problem. Right. Okay, and, and, so and, and, and other people don't, folks but I am. And that's the problem. That's why you've got a president who, every time he turns around, is met with some accusation that doesn't come true, some scurrilous claim he's a racist or a misogynist. It's no wonder the guy's tweeting out things. He's been doing it it for thirty-five years. You know, after a while, people get sick of the crap. And, and 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 I'm glad we finally have somebody who's sick of the crap. And, I'm not and, sick of anything. But, I lo- I think America's great. I love it. Right. I well, I do too. What I'm saying is, President Trump is sick of of, of what's what? going on. He's a of, he's a so-called being, billionaire. Being, I think he's broke. This is all tied to the fact that you guys didn't like the fact that Hillary lost. No, it's not tied to that. You, 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 you Clintonistas. Forget that. And by the way, what's more, what's more misogynist than stabbing an intern with a cigar in your Oval Office? Yeah. Okay, look.
3: That, come That's on. pretty misogynistic. Look, he oh, okay. he got in trouble because he was trying to hide what he did from his wife. And this guy, the one you're talking about, is trying to hide the fact that he, he – he uh, is involved in a federal crime defrauding the American electorate, and he tried to do it, but now his lawyer has told us what he did,
1: and he's got tapes and lots of them. What's more so, misogynistic than sending out one of your female minions to lie to the American people about Benghazi There are a lot of No, Benghazi is nothing. It's pretty misogynistic. Nothing. A lot of Be- Valerie, get out, Valerie but, get out there and lie about a YouTube video for yeah, me, please.
3: But there are a lot of bad men. I agree. Men well, men are a problem. Now, that's, that's what, true. What, what they exactly do bad has, things to women all the time. Listen, what, what is, as we sit here right now, it's happening all over the, yeah. the United States. Husbands are beating their wives. Those statistics. On, on Super Bowl
1: Sunday. Yeah, always. Yeah. All right. Mark Haysen, again, I, I appreciate the fact that you had a little more uh, – Loft in your lead balloon yesterday with the Manafort going. <laughs> thing. But uh, yeah, I got but, uh, I got
3: congratulations text messages from California friends of mine saying, "Casey, you must be so happy." <laughs> yeah, of course. But, but no, just but these no. I, that's it's not tr- true that I'm just happy about that. I want to get Donald out of the way. Let him clean up some coal plants and the the, the plastic. I don't want him in jail. Uh, he can go home to his family at night. But I do want our country to move forward. And listen. It is moving I'll, forward. I'll tell you this. I've I've gotten a whole new appreciation now for people like um, George W. Bush. I mean, I mean, I thought all these horrible things about George W. Bush – George W. Bush is phenomenal compared that's, that's, to what we've done. That's got.
1: interesting because as you like him more, we like him less. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're going in the opposite directions yeah. there. So. Well, I love you, Jamie, and, right. and, and we're going to do some good things here. Yeah. So, well, uh, listen, thanks. I, and I know you're doing good things for all the uh, youth of America. Go tell them what's more important because I guarantee you, you know what today is? Today, in your class, I bet you, you won't say one word about Cohen or Manafort, will you? Not a word. See? Not a word. That's because it doesn't matter. There are other things that matter more. I know, I, yeah. Definitely, yeah. You're right. Well, I'm sorry about that. You uh, you can't do the pancake thing anymore, but that's <laughs> but I'm glad you're back teaching okay. and everything else. And, and thanks for coming in so early. No, it's it's fine. You, it's okay. fun. And now w- um, get out of here before you yeah. catch on fire. Because I'm about to play our national. Oh no, anthem. no, no! I don't want to see that, Ooh, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, we're gonna it's, it's, we're gonna pour water on the witch.
3: Yeah, you know the end of the 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 pledge of allegiance is now. Used to say justice for all, liberty and justice for all. Now it's
1: jail for all. (laughs) Okay. Of course. (laughs) Talk to you later. Okay, man. Oh, Lord. Well, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our national anthem. All right, we are live here from the Discovery Design Studios. yeah. Good morning and happy Wednesday everybody. That was our morning calisthenics, you know that was our That was our little morning exercise our jumping jacks. Our jumping jacks with Mark Kaysen. That's what we need. A little bit of uh, get our blood going, right? Good morning this morning from the Discovery Design Studios. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Thank you for all of that. I want to remind you about my friend Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell All State Agency for all of your insurance needs. Car, home, life, boat, motorcycle. You name it, for young people, he's got some of the best deals you're going to find anywhere in terms of rates. Young people always get kind of hammered, you know, insurance, but not with Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. Yeah. 855-QUOTE-ME. 855-QUOTE-ME is the uh, number for Matthew Mitchell. Yeah, so much to talk about and so much going on, and it's just interesting how... There are certain people who have kind of the luxury of being able to to worry about those things like Manafort and Cohen and Flynn and blah, blah, blah. Most Americans just going about their business. Of course, you also do remember that Molly Tibbetts was just going about her business. You remember that, though, right? And Molly was just jogging in Iowa, and she is stalked by this Christian Rivera, an illegal alien. And I'm gonna get into this in just a little bit about the AP style book. I don't know whether you've noticed that there's an interesting way that the news media discusses and labels or talks about illegal aliens. They, first of all, don't call them illegal aliens. They don't call them undocumented immigrants anymore, and they don't call them illegal immigrants anymore. The AP style book requires, well, it doesn't require, but suggests the news media de- do a different thing in terms of describing illegal aliens. And they're, the AP style book, which is the what reporters use to, to find out what is the best way to say something or this and that. It's just kind of a guide, but people use it. Now, apparently, to be an illegal immigrant, you, you have to be able it's an action, not an existence. So these guys have bent them over in all kinds of different directions to try to just avoid calling these people illegal aliens. So now it's uh, a person from Mexico who's here illegally. So that's why you're seeing this kind of weird language. President Trump last night in West Virginia. Boy, people love him there. Cold country, great place. I've been there before. I was actually working on a project regarding uh, the deterioration of the coal country there and coal communities. And you guys remember me telling you about this. And it is a new frontier in West Virginia. A lot of these folks depend on coal and the production of coal. Coal is a good thing. God made it. We dig it out of the ground. And if we do it cleanly, it works out pretty well. But anyway, President Trump did not mention Manafort. Did not mention Cohen, but did mention the situation regarding this Rivera character and Molly, who was killed by him, and uh, he talked about it last night. We're over $3 billion.
4: It's moving along very nicely. Very nicely. And if you think it's easy with these people, it's not easy. It's not easy. We're getting the wall built. It's going up. We're getting it built. And we have a big number in right now.
1: Whether you agree with the wall or not, or whether we ought to be, we need to spend time doing that. This idea that the left wants to abolish ICE or relax our enforcement or what have you is uh, something that is going to come back and bite them in the midterms. And it's going to be a problem for sure. And this issue. One thing we know is illegal immigration or illegal alienship is not only the fault of Democrats. Republicans have been equally at fault. The enforcement of employers who were breaking the law back in the Bush days was horrible. The Bush administration did not attack the problem. And in fact, they did. A, he did a better job than, than Clinton. Uh, Clinton did a better job than Bush did in enforcing those employer laws. But we continue to deny the progress when it comes to e-verify when it comes to enforcing the laws we already have when it comes to enforcing the overstaying of visas which represents half of the problem we have with illegal aliens and so we've got to attack this problem and and the sooner the better and we also have to acknowledge that both parties have been responsible for the situation we're in right now brother bob Welcome to the show. How you
2: doing, buddy? Say, my common sense, brother. I'm doing real good for a black man. I got my <laughs> head on straight. I feel good about myself, and I'm doing things I really enjoy out in the community as an activist, 76 years old, man, and uh, I feel good.
1: Yeah, I don't know what you do, but you, you're a good-looking 76-year-old man right there, buddy. Say,
2: man, I come along with Dick Gregory, Andrew Davis, Stokely Carmichael, Ralph Brown, and Farrakhan. And over the years, you know there was things that we had to do, evidently, this is my spiritual calling, and I think that I believe in divine intervention so uh i i like to say that my common sense brother and I will really will free all my family, man you know yeah. it's just so good to be able yeah. wake up excited to do some things you know be free. well
1: you know i'm I'm really proud, I have to tell you folks I don't know whether if you see a picture of brother bob and and, and I'm really proud of the that. That brother Bob is wearing a radio free almond, uh camo Yay! hat <laughs> and, and, and a black lives matter button. <laughs> and so we have everybody represented because, because in the end, even as conservatives, and, and and oftentimes even there are some people who support Black Lives Matter, but then there are some people who within Black Lives Matter are the ones who are rushing into a into a uh an atrium at a, at a sh- shopping mall for whatever reason. And so we're at this point where sometimes we're confused about what the task is at hand. So whatever you want to – whatever you call it, the reality is people like Brother Bob are living it. And Brother Bob, I will tell you, was up in Ferguson at a time that we had all of the rioting up there. And Brother Bob was uh, the the guy who was talking to some of the younger people because Brother Bob is a – he just rattled off some names there. But he is a veteran of the civil rights movement, even here in St. Louis for that matter. And so he's a a veteran of that movement and knows a little bit about how you get where you need to go without breaking windows, lighting fires, and uh, the tear-it-down mode. So he was out there. And even though, yes, some of this stuff was violent, it probably could have been worse if Brother Bob weren't out there talking to some of these young guys and young people out there about things and and about trying to keep calm while also keeping yourself passionate. And uh, Brother Bob has also done work in in terms of recognizing what needs to be done – In the black community, which sometimes isn't any different than what needs to be done in the white community, it is uh, try as you might to elect people and promote people who are promoting an economy that creates more stakeholders, higher wages, more jobs. And ultimately, you hope that that creates an environment where there is less desperation, less have and have nots, and more of a society where we're just not in that mode where we're killing each other all the time.
2: You know, <clears throat> what is important to me is when I'm out there talking to the people, I am on the ground, and that I'm letting the people know, especially the young people, that President Trump do not owe us anything but to keep America safe. He's done a damn good job of that. I think people will agree with that. And if you look at the the, the, the welfare mentality is going to have to be broken. We've got to start teaching good work ethics. We've got to come up with a real solution and everything. Therefore, now, when we start thinking about... Trump is sort of racial insensitive, you know, but, hey, when you're up in that bracket in some things, so now I'm seeing the the lowest unemployment rate for black people in history, also the uh, Latino community. Now, there are jobs, you know, When Henry David was on uh, uh, several weeks back. And and I agree with him, man, people out there now going to work if they want to work. See, a lot of them with the grandmama and the mama on welfare, they ain't saw to get up and go to work. So they ain't going to have no good work ethic. And right. that's one of the things that we want to do is come up with solutions, Start them at five years old at the school. We just got on North Grand across from an old YMCA between Herbert and Sullivan, Hebert and Sullivan Street over there. And that's where the young 17-year-old got killed Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, rather. Shot and you were right the there, right? I was right there because we have a council of elders. We have a new movement we call the human rights movement for young people, letting them know that they standing on the shoulder of the greatest civil rights movement in the 21st century led by a King. Now these young people in the protest of Black Lives Matter, they need now a structure to take it from civil rights to human rights. You got a lot of good civil rights laws on the book we got to have equity and justice now. Young people got to be able to understand the training that they needed. They don't go to college. This young man that was killed, I was next door. I would elders for the new movement. We don't have a board of regents or so board of directors and everything. So, therefore, we got to have the Bible and the Constitution. These are solutions. Then we got to have teachers how to commercial sewing. Why can't we manufacture solar panels and distribute? Why mm-hmm. can't we teach these young people that we've got to have some capital, some investment? you out there protesting, burning shit down. That ain't solving the problem in North St. Louis.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the solar panels issue because this is an example of where, for instance, President Trump, uh, we have seen a huge increase in jobs in the solar panel, American solar panel building industry in the steel industry, and in other manufacturing segments here, thanks to these tariffs, which some people, Republicans too, otherwise were always, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Ronald Reagan would have never done that. It's like Ronald Reagan did it all the time, to tell you the truth, uh, because he knew a little bit about what fair trade is uh, as compared to what free trade is. But even that on the micro, that little element there, is creating an atmosphere where, where there are more jobs out there. These are clearly manufacturing jobs. These are not, you know, jobs in a think tank someplace. But that's where our, our future lies, where it always has lied in our industries and in our manufacturing and in the lunch pail type of activity. I'm also happy to see that there is a larger emphasis in the black community uh, on Technology, Uh, we have. There's a school down in St. Louis that is teaching only coding, yeah, Uh, yes, Mm -hmm. computer coding, yes. Yes. And uh, we have Rankin and all these other places out there where people are starting to learn. And some of the unions are, are have apprenticeship programs that are that are doing great. But but you can't have an apprenticeship program in a union if you don't have jobs that you're hooking people up with. And so the trades are hugely benefiting from this increase in manufacturing. So that's going to be, I think but it's going to take time and and, it, and it's certainly not going to to be resolved by the pulling down the Confederate statues or calling people racist or whatever. It's going to have to be something that 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 is is a atmosphere where you invest in good ideas to your point about the 17-year-old. And I I made a big deal about this yesterday because this was such a problem. uh, Because I I was watching these people in North Carolina and they were pulling down the statue and whatever. And to tell you the truth, I I watched the way they pulled the statue down. I said, you know what? If you guys had any energy, you could have a tree removal service because the way you pulled that statue down, uh, that showed some skill. Why don't you utilize it? to something productive like tree care instead of pulling down Confederate statues. Anyway, they probably wouldn't bother with it because it's beneath them. But I try to tell people how is it that we can live in a world where 17-year-olds – this should be intolerable – where we live in a world where 17-year-olds get up in the morning on their birthday and are compelled to make a Facebook post saying how great it is that they survived to 17 – I could see that happening in Syria or Afghanistan or whatever. But to happen right in front of our eyes in St. Louis and right in front of our eyes when you're in North Carolina and you're pulling Confederate statues down, you have to understand that that's a problem that is not resolved through your luxury protests of Confederate statues and, and whatever else – or of Trump. You have to put it more into action that's productive.
2: You say it's Syria. A lot of North St. Louis look like Syria. The sister that's in there now from Rolla Missouri, Sister Rainey. Went through North St. Louis with me yesterday, and we got videos and pictures. It look a lot like Syria. So you're going to have that mentality also there. Then what happens, and you get these 17-year-olds, like that young brother. You had Mike Brown was killed, and you had a big uproar, and things happened. Now this little brother get killed at 17 on his birthday and his girlfriend I'm right there she had just went up the street to get some ice cream while he was coming out of the Chinese place so our school at 3103 to North Grand which is right across from the old YMCA is right next door we were having our first annual Barbecue and fish fry to help raise money. We have young kids that, that, that comes and helps us out. We saw them at five years old. And across the street at the Old Y, they had this community wellness and people that was coming, man, getting uh, blood pressure checked and all this. Some of them people, little kids, saw this when he came out of the chop suede place and we was in there talking to our council elders about what we need to improve upon, how we're going to solve some of these problems. But what happened, we heard a shot. We said, now that could not be no backfire. So, quite natural, the older guy, they get up and we go to the front because uh, we, we have an auto body shop there, we have auto repair, and we want to teach them hands on. I'm in the vocation and the trades. That's what I used to do. And I, I love doing that. And let me tell you, man, when I got there and I saw this kid, he had laying back. And I was going to see about, uh, you know, I could. Take my t shirt off and put it, do it. I'll do the press, the chest. I mean, uh, just, i because coming from the South, growing up in Puerto I go housing project. Wow, I've seen it. Then I'm in the war zone down in Carolina North, 67, 68, 69. Some of the people remember the shooting into the All Black Pyramid called housing projects there by the Klu Klux Klan, American Nazi Party, and the documented movie that they did four years to make between two rivers, Carolina North. Well, I'm leaving the picket line down there. Oh, I've been shot at. I've had to take three people that were shot and bring them to St. Louis at night to the doctors. or pick could take the bullets out. And the point I'm making is, instinctively, I goes over and I see this young brother there. In the okay, y'all listening, believe me, it's gruesome, it's painful to see a bullet hole in the forehead and he laying back, blood is gushing everywhere. A five dollar bill. Now, I've been on channel two, channel four, channel five, saying the same thing. We got to do something about this. We, We got to solve the problem. And you all listening out there now, believe me, we got to come out of the pulpit. We're going to have to get back to the word of the Bible. We're going to have to make sure when I wrote the letter to apologize to these young people, to the editor of the St. Louis American newspaper, they published it. We got interviewed with young people who read it. They appreciate it, but we're asking them to give us as elders some good time. So where did the $5 bill come into this? His hand, he had the $5 bill. He laying on his back with his legs up under him. You can see the blood gushing out the nose and eyes and everywhere. Next, on the ground, on the other side, you have the bag with the Chinese food. And nothing I could do, I was going to... Then the brains is oozing out the back of his head. A 17-year-old, what is happening here? Is it around the dope game? Is it uh, jealousy? or Player hating, as young people call it. Whatever it is, we're going to have to step up to the plate. We're going to have to start working to solve some of these problems that we have. we got to get with the protesters and help them solve the problem. Shutting down and burning shit down after Mike Brown was killed. The whole world is looking at us. I told uh, ex-Governor Grayton, we need some on-the-job training money. You know, he and I had a real close working relationship. Yeah. Uh, I'm still in contact with his top aide, the young brother. And we're still working. I'm trying to get enrolled now to meet the new governor. So that we can carry on because i'm telling young people you got to have electoral politics if you control the politics you control where the money goes. you have your own police chief so quit bitching Get into the fire academy the police academy i did it with chief dodson he was here belmar out in the county he and i get along real good and we have to have supportive services for young people too you got to have transportation. I need a fifteen passenger van, so that being the spokesperson for the young people of prison ministry, we start taking them to prison to visit their mama at three years old with their grandma in the van and uncle their, 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 their dad it 's because this is important that they don 't end up in prison so we can break this cycle
1: yeah and, and again, you point out that the, the you know the, the power of the voting booth and 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 the, and the power of the political position unfortunately. That's where we're at these days. But you have to also support people who are supporting strong policies that affect your community. And and as sad as it is, I'm seeing this. I'm not trying to be overly defensive of President Trump. I'm just trying to get people into the mode where I don't understand why you don't get it that you've got a guy here who is working hard on the economy. And so far it's working. He's the first Republican in God knows how long – who's even talked about the need to re a resurgence at community banks so that uh, black individuals can, can have access to loans easier because uh, we now have a system where we just have the big banks who were too big to fail and the smaller banks who were too small to survive. So we don't have community banks anymore. President Trump and Ben Carson addressed that on the streets uh, in, in Detroit. He has a secretary of education, who is a promoter of school choice where and uh, Brother Bob, I know that this is something that people forget about the black community, and that is that they many people there uh they support school choice they yes. they, they, they support uh the, the, because right now the schools also are pivotal in in resolving some of the desperation and the issues and and i 'm telling you it 's no accident. That the city of St. Louis, much like you can talk about Baltimore or other places, the first thing to go uh, in – in, in as, you, as you point to a trajectory into a world of daily violence, the first things to go are the schools and, and the neighborhoods and the homes and everything else. And so when you don't have a co- cohesive community, when you just have that broken glass – and and schools that have been basically abandoned, you're not going to be able to start anywhere except maybe organically with the things you're doing with five year olds. Yes, but uh,
2: that's, that's, that's we, the preventive. We got to move to give us three to five years. When I grew up, and a lot of people are listening, we had a village. We had an extended family and everything starts in the home. Now, we definitely don't have the village. Now, that's one thing I agree with Hillary Clinton on. (laughs) We don't have. The extended family now is so messed up with the drugs, the alcohol, the opiate epidemic that we have. Then if it starts in the home and babies having babies, we got some real issues out here. But one of the big issues is how are we going to get capital into North St. Louis to invest over there? When you're out protesting to them, and you got a lot of cruising at the table, and you boo her down, and here she elected. I said, well, what are you all demands? We don't need no demand, Brother Bob. I said, wait a minute, you don't have Dr. King' voice out here. Who voice, who are y'all listening to? Who paying y'all to go and get people to go and protest That energy, time, and money need to be invested, help us support the school, let's rehab that. Let's get it so that we can get things set up this summer, Let's partner with the different universities. The sister in here now, Sister Rainer from Rallo, School of Engineering. We need them to come up help us with the solar panel. We need an elevator. So these are things that help solve the problems rather than talk about treating the symptoms.
1: Yeah. Now, what is happening tonight? I'm really interested in this event. Uh, it's at the Julia Davis Library. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And, and you have, I'm interested by, by this website. And it's uh, USA dot weekly. dot com. What is that? What is that?
2: Okay then. uh the sister is in in the green room here. We was not sure how this would go this morning. Because okay, you, you have a tight schedule. Yeah, yeah. And she is really good because one of the things that really impressed me, she ain't scared, and she really serious about this. And she came up with the public policy of entrapment. Okay then now. And, and so many of the victims, even your engineer in there, they're having a good discussion yeah. about his and everything. So the night at, 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 uh, from 6 to 8.30 p.m. at the Julius Davis Library at 4415 Natural Bridge Avenue, uh, that's what it would be the Roller Rental Association and Living Color of Law. And it was a great book, Richard Rothstein, author of The Color of Law, a forgotten history of how our government segregated America. This book named names and everything about how St. Louis is run like a plantation. We were the last, I think, to free the slaves. <clears throat> when you start looking at it in the way she ties all this in and everything, um uh, uh, she does a much better job, of, yeah. of, of this than I I can. Well, but I'm more on the ground floor here and in, in, out in the community, with just just pounding those streets, man, and trying to help save these babies. We got to right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, can she come in? Can you can she come in here for a second? Because oh, I, I want to
1: ask her because I, I think this is interesting. It is uh, th- this book uh, because this is this is an important uh, concept here, uh, and, and the book is called The Color of Law. <laughs> A forgotten history of how our government segregated America, and you guys have to know because even as conservatives, and oftentimes, uh, is our broadcast interrupted? Okay, there we go. We've been having some issues regarding. It. Uh, we're back. Okay, uh, you all who are in the conservative realm will appreciate the concept of this of this book, even though it might not directly affected you. Uh, but, But we know how the government operates. We know how both parties have undercut, for instance, manufacturing and jobs in our economy in this country, whether it be car manufacturing, steel manufacturing, everything else. We know how both of our parties have abdicated their responsibilities to enforce our immigration laws. We know how both parties seemingly are in a situation where all they're doing is managing money they steal from us and just watching us fight yes and and and, and both parties yep, do yep, it yep yep yes. and and when president trump came along the republicans didn't like him because he was actually going to have to make republicans work for once uh for what they did instead of just just simply talking about abortion and guns and whatever it happens to be all the time and 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 and, and trying to keep menace us and tell us that the la- democrats are going to bring the country down. And Democrats are also going to have to be forced to come up with some better ideas other than just calling Republicans racist and telling you that Republicans are are going to bring the country down. And when you get right down to it, there really isn't much of a difference between these two parties and how they operate. And then when you go into this whole thing with the color of law, forgotten history of how our government segregated America... I'm sorry. What is your name again?
6: Raina Abston.
1: Nice to meet you. Nice Thanks for coming. You're from. You're in Rolla. Yes. And you're at Rolla University of Missouri Rolla. I, went, or, to there when oh, I first went to school got okay. there. Oh, you went to school there. Okay. Because you know why this hits home, and this is this is a a story about how American governments in the 20th century deliberately imposed residential racial segregation on metropolitan areas nationwide. The reason why this is important, and Brother Bob, you might be aware of this. There's a documentary about North St. Louis County. You guys remember this documentary right after right after Ferguson, or actually it was done before Ferguson, but it pointed out what happened in Ferguson. Because you all know what the situation was in Ferguson, right? That uh it was a predominantly that whole area there was at one time predominantly white. Yes. And then what happened is that instead of actually there a lot of things were redlined there. Uh, Black people were not buying homes in those areas. There was a lot of this, you know, for whatever reason, things were going on. And then what happened is we wound up with Ferguson with a small uh, grouping
2: of public housing. That's in the third ward where Mike Brown was uh, killed. And you remember the old Mill Creek area where you have A.G. Evans down there now. And uh, Harris, Harris Stoke College is there. So then those were the places that they were allowed to move, was like out in the county, Ferguson, and so forth. But then you brought in that Section 8 housing. And one of the things about that is you have thugs that are being raised. You have the welfare mentality and everything. And so, therefore, with that single parent, then you end up, Ferguson is now 7% black, St. Louis is majority black, then you start looking at where are the resources there. We see uh, the, the, the book here is fantastic. Well, and then but then you had a situation where then
1: you just simply – it was almost like putting black people on a reservation. Yes. It, 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 and, and there's this mentality where that's the sum total of helping the black community is setting them up in a white community. It's kind of like the way the way desegregation with the schools worked. It was like, I know what we'll do. We'll just wake – Black children up at four in the morning and send them out the Parkway, and that'll solve the racial problems in this country. And it didn't work. It just it abandoned the the city schools, and it didn't create a system that everybody had a stake in it. Because I'm telling you what, you can't you can't send a child out the Parkway school district when their parents are living in the city. They're not going to make it out. They're not going to make it to a PTA PTA
0: meeting.
1: meeting. I mean, half the time you have to cab them home because these these people are working. They can't go and. And, and drive out, you know, to to get them. So it wasn't a solution, you know. And, and, and the real solution is creating economic stakeholders and beyond. But the government seemingly didn't want to do that. That's been the problem, right?
6: Well, I mean, slavery took a new face. You know, when you have people that are being uh, accosted 80%, let's say, in traffic tickets. Well, that's slavery. If you have a government that knows it does not have enough revenue or income to sustain itself, and you must target certain people, I mean, that's slavery in its finest form. And so what segregation talks about and what many things, like this is about housing, but it goes well beyond housing. When you have systems that do not give you any type of relief or any type of resolutions, even though procedures say they do, for example, of a lease or getting out of it. You're stuck. There's nothing you can do. So that's a form of slavery in itself. You're just working, turning over money, and never getting anything out of it. Yeah,
1: and and, and, and there's a reason why, and it just seems to me, and again, I don't want to make this overtly political, because I think both people, both parties and both political philosophies have just abandoned uh, the black community yes. uh, on a number of different levels. And we had a situation here, for instance, uh, where we had, uh, I'm surprised it hasn't happened earlier, where we had a confrontation between a woman, a uh, black woman, who went to a store, a convenience store. The gas mart. Yeah. Owned, good in there, right, owned mm-hmm. by people uh, who are new to the, the country, Eastoners, Middle Eastoners. Easterners. And, and, it, and, and the issue here wasn't how terrible it was that Middle Easterners are here or that they own stores. But it raised the, the, the question of, okay, why is it that there are so many stores and businesses in black communities that are never owned by black people? Uh, and, and, and part of that, too, is the fact that, we, we of course, we've lost the community bank. Uh, there, there has been no effort to, to uh, generate economies and neighborhood
2: economies, now, community economies. President Trump want to repeal the Dodd-Frank Act. Yes. Now, therefore, that's going to give us the opportunity if we can come up with consistent black leadership and white leadership that ain't bought off. When you have the plantation Negroes and everything, then you're going to see what we see. The Mideastern have got all of the service stations. And one zip code alone, we spend the black community $10 million a year just for gas and just one zip code over there. We have only one black franchise there's a BP at Natural Bridge and Goodfellow. When, when the Eastern came in, they started getting the service station, then we should have had the leadership say, okay, then we want a black to get one. They go and get two more, okay, then we want a black female to get one. So now we don't have a black bank, we don't have a black credit union in North St. Louis. And what do you see? The killings, the whole thing. So now when you protest and you get a lot of cruising at the table, you get Judge Jimmy Evans, now the public safety director, the chief came down Saturday. He and I had a good talk about what we want to do at this school. Now, we're going to have to have them to get the resources. i talk with... Uh, uh, uh. Kevin Adams, superintendent of public school. I talked with Bruce Frank. You had him on your show. You did a good part for him getting the publicity out, getting himself out and getting elected and everything. So, look, when you're getting a lot of publicity and you ain't getting the money coming to North St. Louis, then you see the problem we have. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, though,
1: because uh, you mentioned about how they need to have blacks have this station and women have that. Yes. The, but, but here's the thing. I, I have a different solution to that because I I, I don't. I don't think the government needs to engineer who has who has no, things. Not the government, but the government shouldn't get in the way. Yes, of, of that. And, and I'm not. I'm not saying the government has to give you things. No, but the government shouldn't create an atmosphere where they are competing against you through their policies. Dodd Frank and and the and the, la- and the bank bailouts and all that were clearly policies that were competing against. Their own citizens, and and so the re- the reason why it's easier for a Middle Easterner, and God love them, I mean, if you want to start your own business in America, it's a fantastic thing. But don't have policies that actually prevent people from getting businesses and from getting this that that access, and and that's the and that that I think is a primary problem. Like for instance, when we had the and, and again, God love them, we had the the people from the war in Yugoslavia come over here. Uh, in nineteen, in the early nineteen nineties, and 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 never forget, because Channel Four wouldn't let me do the story. But Southwest Bank opened up an entirely, uh, entirely new wing.
2: Yes, just yes. to yes. loan yes. these people money. Yes,
1: and I was and I was thinking to myself, they would never do that for black people, and, and and so why is it why is it like great and amazing to do that for uh, immigrants? And not that against immigrants, by the way, because they wound up, some of them wound up saving the city of St. Louis, and I get it. But why wouldn't you kind of do the same, or at least attempt to do the same, for a segment of our society or a segment of our community that clearly is in need and can help? And so that's what happens. Is and you're, and you're sitting there watching the the Ser, Serbians opening up their restaurants, and, and look at you—you're still where you are, or you're watching. Is
2: especially, we have the largest Bosnian population. Other than in Bosnia itself,
1: yeah, and they've done in a South good job. They've done a good job, but imagine what uh, a black community could do with yes. the same kind of resources yes. or the same kind of directed resources. We had the situation where we uh, in in Hyde Park in the near North Side, we sold all that property off to Paul, Paul McKee, McKee. Uh, so so that so that in the off chance that, that Chief Harmon would get this big uh, mythical golf course he wanted to create up there, and they hung on to all this property up there. And you couldn't even if even if you wanted to 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 rebuild a, a, a duplex up there, you couldn't because Paul McKee kept it shuttered uh, just in case there was something big coming on. That's why you got. That's the why the
2: is big is here. Who got a lot of that property? Paul McKee. really I know? I did a lot of the videotaping, as you know, documented of those TIF hearings. Yeah, we got the money. See, when you're sitting on those commissions and you're getting paid under the table or whatever, I can't prove that. But I did cover it in Jefferson City. I was the only one in the independent media that did the video and the picture when he came and got $19.2 million without a hard-earned tax credit. I'm telling you, state tax credit. The judge was awfully nice. Let me in. And the, to the videotape, we had NPA, the radio station that was there, but I was on the only one doing the video. He got $19.2 million. Uh, the, the lawyer representing that was uh, Irene J. Smith, the former judge under Freeman Bowser, the junior the first black mayor. And it was the white lady and the white dude that, that opposed Emmett Domain. We had a lot of things going on. And the lead attorney on that was Attorney Dora Lamont, who passed. I think he had Agent Orange from the Vietnam War. It, it, since then, these plantation Negroes and politicians been silent. Yeah, Bob McKee w- just did it. Right. Yeah. Just look.
1: All you, you, I know you can't trace it, but you can look. You can look at the 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 aldermanic coffers, the campaign coffers, because what happened is you had people who were aldermen in, in that area who were who were selling out their own people yes. just because Paul McKee promised to grease their palms, and he did, and, and he did, and that that's why now we had that story about the bottle district there. And, and that's where they put in that new uh, NGA, that facility out there. Now, how many, how many people are going to be able to create business? Because I'll guarantee you, you have a restaurant around there. I have the video will.
2: footage of all three hearings there. And I said to them when I had a chance to speak, you all are crying now. I got the video footage. When I talk, I make sure I document everything. You all are depending on the same leadership. You're not going to get anything out of it. You need some daycare centers. You need where you have an on-the-job training program. You're all going to have to determine yourself what you all need. you all the people going to have to take over. They haven't. There is $8.5 billion at the table right now for the next 15 years for MSD. Guess what? I've been told they didn't want me back at the meetings, all right? They only chose four black folks to come to the meeting. They done already cut a deal for the community benefit agreement, how many people in the community know Ballpark Village? Yeah, money is here. Yeah, oh yeah, it is, and 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 that's what's hell. We built
1: a dome <laughs> right under the noses of of the near North Side.
2: And they and, came up with money for the stadium blueprint, the architecture plans. Oh yeah, they got money.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. they, they and, and and these guys hop too when 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 that's they they can scramble and find all kinds of money mm-hmm. everywhere for stuff like that. And I'm not saying it all has to be given out. I'm not talking about new welfare. Pro- I'm just talking about giving people the tools uh, or at least creating an atmosphere where people can thrive. That whole area up there, the, the uh, Hyde Park area, the Bottle District, that's a, that's some beautiful parts of, of St. Louis up there. And how they wound up letting that under their noses just deterior- There's no reason why Crown Candy Kitchen should be the only place where people go and in that area up there there's no reason why that gateway mall should have been sitting there as long as it has been sitting there uh, so again uh, it's it's black white politicians these guys all just sell out their own people and we saw it to a larger degree as as our republican and democratic politicians created trade deals that killed killed off coal killed off steel killed off textiles and you know, it's about time on the macro yeah, level I we that fought was it.
2: on a, uh, Obama administration, yeah, but Hillary Clinton, you.
1: yeah, and we we fought it and and, and got uh, on a macro level somebody who's taking action, but more on a local level, I think that a similar thing needs to happen. Yes, and I think you nailed it too, where where you know at some point this is just a just a modified form of plantation yes. politics. I mean, of slavery.
6: Well, one huge thing that is a factor right now that is affecting so many people is a lot of people are living in substandard rental properties, not standard. And they are paying rents as if they are standard. And so if you're living in a substandard house, for example, and the electrical system doesn't work or the um, heating source doesn't work properly, well, now your utility bills are exorbitant. So when you put all those aesthetics together, how do you make it? And so if you get kicked out of one house... How do you move to the other house? Or what type of house you gonna move in? Another substandard house. And so when you get all these judgments on your credit report, mm-hmm. when you get these electrical bills on your credit report, you know, all these different things started over something that was illegal and should have never been allowed to rent. Right. That is the entrapment because no one is stopping this. Yeah. And so one of the things like building inspectors, for example, you know, they go out, they check to see if the it has a stair rail check. Um, if it has a smoke detector check. But what it doesn't do, that's just a structure. But it doesn't get to check the functionality of the house. And so as procedures are right now, they don't check. They don't go back and check any inspection reports. They don't check to see if any complaints have been filed. Nothing. So even if a tenant goes above and beyond to report a house, the procedures that the city and counties are using currently does not check those complaints. Yeah. And so these are all the different traps of public policy entrapment intertwined into one that people cannot get out of. And so you can't even go to American Water. You can't even go to your utility companies directly one-on-one. You can only call them. And so they don't even want to hear right. from the people. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that's a frustration that goes back into our community, that you're being charged all these upset or ridiculous fees, and then you can't even talk to the people about the fees. Yeah. And so then the procedures that they send you about the fees – is more pertinent to the property owner than it is to tenant, right? But everybody's expecting you to pay this bill,
1: right? And how, and, and honestly, and, and that that seems like you know, well, uh, uh, maybe to some people a small problem. But how do you pay attention to your children and to their well being, or to your job searches, or to this when you're in there on a on a hold, listening to hold music for three hours? Because you need to get something done about a gas bill, that doesn't make any sense at all, and 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 that's part of the problem. It's a it might be a little thing to some people, but for people who've never lived through that that cycle, uh, it it can be hugely frustrating. And, and you know, I guess when you look at it uh, on on a coupled level, like we had, and then you wonder, well, okay, well then we'll solve the problem here, and it's a small problem to some people. And then you had the people going, I know what we'll do. We'll, to, to resolve all this, we'll just uh, have more gun control. I'll never forget when an alderman had a meeting, a town hall meeting in the north side. You might have been there, Brother Bob, talking about gun control. And, and everybody who came out to that meeting, all these normal, average, everyday black St. Louisans came out and said, "You got we, guns aren't the problem here. You don't understand that. That's that's, I mean, obviously, they are the problem when they're in the hands of criminals. I get all that, but they were saying, as a community, stop t- t- tr- tricking us into believing there's a problem there, one problem over here, when in reality, the problem goes deeper than that. And it's there are like people the coming out,
2: Monument out there, I have folks didn't give a damn about that. And I was out there doing teaching, you remember, yeah, you gave me several segments on uh, when you was on the TV side over there, uh, with it. And here, Lila Cruz is pandering to Black Lives Matter and other black folks, and she's getting ready, setting it up to run up probably again. Now, we're gonna to have to be real careful this time around if they run the same tactics and strategy that they, they did before, or are they ruining George Jim Edwards? See, we don't, can't keep having blackface in high places. Man, this thing is really serious with these young people, and we're trying to teach them how to negotiate, how to get you a list of demands, and things because uh, you, you you keep having these killings. Yeah. These young people has fed up. Well, and every once in a while uh, they get caught,
1: and, and 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 they make they make a mistake. They make a calculation mistake. Uh, the white establishment does, and they have a ribbon cutting for the opening of the Gateway Arch, or whatever that whole thing is, and they forget. Black folks. To have black people in in, in the yeah. ribbon cutting and like oh oh yeah, I forgot. Sorry we forgot. But that but you know that one moment told you oh, everything they, you they needed had to one know. Of
2: they token people that spook who sat by the door, yeah. Ozzy Smith there. Yeah. Ozzy should have said, Oh no, I don't want to be a part of this yeah. here. Yeah. Unless we have, see, until you get people to have inclusion. Let's see what President Trump gonna do when he was in Detroit at the black church. He haven't gotten to the black agenda yet. Yeah. I'm saying we're going to be—you and I have discussed this before—I think black folks are going to be pleasantly surprised with the way Trump is going to be providing the opportunity. Now, if you're lazy, you got that welfare mentality, you think you're going to tie with somebody and owe you something, then shame on you. Right.
1: And I think, I think ultimately, too, both sides, if you're black or white or whatever I think ultimately what you can do is recognize, too, that the black agenda is not too much different than the, the white agenda. agenda. I mean, when yes. it becomes a yes. desire for educational opportunities, uh, housing opportunities, uh, a stake in the economy, all those things. And ultimately, uh, we'll have to realize that. But we also have to realize that the government sometimes is absolutely not here to help. So.
6: I mean, a lot of times the government has created it. Yeah. And so when you have policies, you know, that does not allow you to even interact with the community, but you call it customer service. (laughs) Yeah. That's a problem. Yes. You know, and that makes a person mentally, the the mental anguish that is here. I mean, to talk about a $585 light bill over the phone and all she wants to tell you about is how it's calculated. (laughs) Is irrelevant when you're reading that, you know they have said that the property itself is the problem, right, right? But no one is addressing the property owner, and then the procedures that the tenant is getting is for the property owner, yeah. And so those are the type of things. I mean, you're angry at everyone right. at that point, yeah. And so these are the type of things that are creating this divide between us in the communities that no one is talking about. Another hot topic is how um, Ameren gave Urban League a million dollars, and everybody thought that was great, and they clapped. Okay, there's a problem with that, though, because when tenants go and sign up for utility assistance, for example, they're putting their name on a piece of paper for a portion of that money to go back to Ameren because it's the utility company that's getting paid with their name on it. So even though they donated a million dollars, they got it right back when oh, the tenant yeah. went and signed up for <laughs> right. the stipend payment. Huh. So, you know, even heat up St. Louis and cool down St. Louis, all this is a joke. It's a ruse. And no one is calling foul on this at all. The money that we spend on allotments to these people, we could go and actually weatherize their houses so where they don't have to stand in line anymore. That would be the money they will receive anyway. Um, the county, city, uh, there's a facade grant, a $20,000 facade grant going on. But guess what? Only property owners and business owners can get it. So once again, that's a money tenants can never receive.
1: Right. Interesting. Is that in this book? Is that kind of stuff in this book, or is that something you guys you you focus on? Because I'm, I'm, it's called the Color of Law: a Forgotten History of How Our Government Segregated America. That's a broader thing. But how, how do we, like, how do people out there, like, Brother Bob? I mean, you guys need, or do you have one already? Some kind of place that we can go uh, see your videotapes. Yes. See people talk about issues like this or get more schooled on issues like this.
6: Yes. You can go on my blog ghettoville um dot and I'll post it somewhere.
1: Okay, yeah, I'll I'll put it up on the in the comment section
6: here. We are having a meeting tonight at Julia Davis Library. Mr. Richard Rostein was my guest in April. April twenty-fifth, he came down to Julia Davis Library. I asked him to come in the hood, not uh-huh. out in Slough, not out in Central West End where everybody was taking him. But come to the people that she wrote about, and so he did come as my guest, and we had an awesome time. And it was I heard the best meeting that Julia Davis has had.
2: Good turnout. Good turnout. And turn um,
6: so the thing of it is, is the book is to give you the education of the segregation of who all these people are. So I don't have to argue with you right, about right. what they've done to you. Uh-huh. The project portion of what I'm running is to talk about the everyday things through the documents and like I've, what I've talked about here today. To articulate this to where people can understand what this system is that we talk about and what is disparity, because they use it as one word when in fact it's a tiered term. It doesn't start at the top or the bottom, it's all the way throughout of disparity. And so if you are a tenant, you are despaired if you have to go stand in line when you. An Urban League, I believe you have to be in your house for five years before you get weatherization. But if you're a tenant, hey, you can go over there and sign up right now. That's disparity.
1: Right, right. You know,
6: so those are the things that the project, and we will cover. So the book is 13 chapters. And so the idea is we will meet once a week to cover the book and to talk about the— the process and the procedures of the project. So education is one through the book, and application is the project.
1: All right. Now uh, it's R A N I. Right?
6: Yes, okay. Raina. Raina.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, absent And if you and and I see on here, there's two G's, but it's one G. You get a, no, it's two oh, G's. Oh, two
6: G's. It's okay. A, it's an acronym. All right.
1: Well, I'm gonna, then I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I put this in the comment section here for everybody because it's fascinating, and if you really want to. Get to understand uh, the many of the real problems that people in black communities are facing, and 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 realize that it's not that statue in North Carolina or whatever else. I'm not I'm not saying that we need to forget about everything that happened back in the day, but right now I believe that there are a lot of people focused on what needs to happen now.
6: That was a ruse. I mean, that was a way to get all these people to follow. Them. And guess what? People did, and they tore statues down all over. America, but guess what? The people are still suffering and hurt. That did nothing for the people, but he got people to follow. He got them in the now news. We warned them.
2: You just hand down the Confederate statue. You got Dr. King's statue up there also now. I mean, people gonna have to be real, real understanding. Just don't be following, you know, blindly on what is going on. It's too serious. And as a follow-up, Jamie, you probably remember Mr. Clifford Wilson at the Clifford Wilson Center there by Sumner High School yeah. on Pendleton. I'm helping him write his memoirs now, and he's in his 80s. So he's the uh, senior counsel elders for the new movement, uh, Human Rights Movement, that I wanted the co-founders of. So now, at our school at 3103 to 11 North Grand, between Sullivan and uh, he was there. We are partnering with the Roller-Renner Association, uh, with Sister Rainey, who, had, Rainey, who, who who is the head of it, uh-huh. that we want on every Sunday to do like Cliff Wilson. We don't have to reinvent this wheel for this new human rights movement. We want these young people at the table with her. We don't have to do no demonstrating and protesting like Dr. King Nim did in the civil rights movement. So, what we have now, we want the, the, the young people at the table immediately. Ralph Brown, Stokely Carmacker, Andrew Davis, and us, we didn't get at the table with King Nim at the beginning because of the things that was happening. If we done, done the protests, we got the issues out there. Now we need to build upon that greatest civil rights movement. So on Sundays, we will start having, we get the school ready. We're going to have the, the technology. We're going to market this new movement through the social media. We've got some people working on that from Harris Stoll down there helping us. We're going to partner with this sister here. She's going to look into some things at the university down there at Raleigh where she went to school. So on Sundays, we'll be able to, what the young people really want to help solve some of these problems, as a follow-up to what you all were just saying.
1: All right. Well, listen. Uh, it, it's been a real privilege having both of you here. Uh, it was rather by accident, which is great, uh, but that's the way things ought to go. No. Sometimes
2: it was a blessing that the dinosaur radio station and TV did what they did to engender all. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well. Say, Every once in a while, I I've been, I've been talking a lot about angels, and sometimes yes. uh, angels—we talked Golden about yesterday—sometimes angels. angels do appear, yes. and, because they want to uh, remind you or uh, educate you on what's really going on. And sometimes it's just a matter of uh, where the angels land, and you two angels
2: landed here, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Good luck with everything. Yeah. Now, we've got to say this here, please. There is a sister named Thomasia. She's retired. I uh, took Sister Raina about there yesterday. Uh, the co-founder of the new movement with me, we went about about a month and a half ago on a Sunday to talk with the people on the street, the young people, because they just had a killing over there around Cope uh between Sarah over there. Now, those young people, she didn't organize. They wanted to do a lawn care. You called them Sister T- uh, Thomas Seal, Boys in the Hood. We talked to them. Now, here's what I'm saying we got a small dump truck already. We got a trailer already. Now, they want to do lawn care. they ready. Am I right, Sister Ray? Yes. We talked to them. We, we took these flyers to them. They were interested. So, we need some lawn care equipment now. We need the uh, weed eaters. We need uh, uh, lawn mowers. We need everything. Contact Brother Bob at 314. 314- 398 5478. Community, now is the time to step up. This will give us an example of what we can start working with these young people so that they don't have to go and sell the drugs. All right. I'm just putting that number up. I'm listening to you. I'm just yeah, typing. Yeah. I know you multitasking, brother. You're one of the best eight. at this. <laughs> this
1: here. you call got this serious business. All right. Well, yes, listen. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate thank both you coming brother. in. Thank and, you. And, and, uh, and good luck with everything. We'll be there to help you. Somebody's already, some people already hit your website. Um, oh, yes. Yes. So um, just so, so you know, okay? Thanks. Uh, we appreciate you guys. So ghettovilleusa.weebly.com. With
6: two G's. All one right? is for God, one is for greed. So if you don't believe in God, you can still live in Ghettoville.
1: Love it very much. Can I give you a hat? I don't know whether you wear hats or not, but you can at least give it to somebody. I'll try to put
6: it on all this. <laughs> somebody
1: suggested I give you a hat, so I'm giving her a hat. Randy, thank you so much. Love you guys. Thanks. Good How luck, get okay? Yeah, do all it. Right. I got to get somebody on the air from Heritage on this. Uh, here we go.
2: Bob
1: Tess, we can get some <laughs> Even Brother Bob has trouble with his phone. Right. Gotta love it.
6: Thank Good you. luck, sir. Thank you.
1: Take
6: care. Thank you. Let me give you a hug. Let me give
1: you a hug. Thank, you. You, a hug. Oh. Yeah, Jamie. Aww. Thank you, dear. <laughs> Thank
6: you. Good luck.
1: Thanks for the education.
6: I think you'll like it. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Because I got some documents that you will definitely enjoy. Brother yeah. Bob. I'll take care of Thanks, that. brother.
4: Thank you, my brother.
2: Thank you, appreciate you, it. man. Good job. Uh, we upgraded the phone uh, here.
1: I need your cell phone number again. And come here, man. Love you, bud Love you too, buddy. Yeah.
2: I'll see you. Okay, your cell phone number again. What's that? Your cell phone. I upgraded and the, oh yeah. And it right. I, gotta,
1: I gotta call. Uh, okay. If you want to stand by, I gotta call Heritage Foundation, my friend. I'm gonna get all of my on my butt. Let me just uh, grab these guys. John Malcolm, i call him. I, I, I wish I had a way of uh, just uh, being able to just take that in for a little bit because it, uh, it was really an experience just delving into all that. Wasn't it, people? Brother Bob, you all right? Okay, man. Love you, man. Thank you. Brother Bob, man love that guy. Uh, 6273. Six, 273. Let's hit this. I'm Malcolm speaking. Hello, Mr. Malcolm. It's Jamie Allman here in St. Louis, Radio Free Allman. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Let me get your volume up here. I'm, I'm just coming off of a uh, little bit of a deal here real quickly. I'm going to turn this music off. And I'm going to get you uh, piped up here with some volume. There you are. Mr. Malcolm, how you doing, sir? I'm doing, I'm doing fine.
7: Great to
1: be with you. Uh, great to be with you, too. And uh, I'll tell you, you had a long time, at, well, two years ago, you had a list of those who should be considered for the Supreme Court. This was two years ago. And the prescient and well-educated John Malcolm said, you know what? You ought to consider Brett Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court. And lo and behold, here we are, and we're getting into the time of where we're going to have the hearings and the consideration and possibly even a vote. And so welcome to the show. And why did you think that this was such a great idea two years ago, my friend?
7: Well, so I put together a, non-ex- a non-exclusive list of eight people, all of whom were outstanding uh... individuals uh, seven of whom are now on the president's list uh... look brett kavanaugh is an amazing Public servant. So Yale College, Yale Law School, uh, clerk for two uh, circuit court uh, judges before clerking for Anthony Kennedy, the justice whom he would replace on the Supreme Court. By the way, his co-clerk was Neil uh, Gorsuch. Uh, after that, he was uh, did a fellowship in the Solicitor General's office. He worked for Ken Starr on in, in Depe- the Independent the Independent Counsel. He was a partner at uh, Kirkland and Ellis, a very prestigious uh, law firm, and then. Throughout the Bush administration, he was a senior associate counsel in the White House counsel's office and then staff assistant to the president. And for the last dozen years, he has been uh, on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, which is correctly, in my opinion, referred to as the second most important court uh, in the land. He's written over 300 opinions uh, that are all scholarly and thoughtful and methodical uh, he's just well-liked and well-respected by judges of all political stripes across the country for very good reasons.
1: Oh, and and, and you know, and, and it's interesting too, uh, the uh, situation regarding uh, him and his uh, previously held views and those kinds of things. There were some people who thought that maybe in terms of the hearings that are being held and all that kind of stuff, that they ought to allow him to – to render his opinion, for instance, on Roe versus Wade and that kind of thing. How do you think that the hearing process should be approached? And do you, and do you think that a person who is being interviewed or has the hearings, do you think that person should be uh, – should render their opinion about that? Because I, I, I was just reading that Senator Claire McCaskill met with him. And apparently he the, – the claim is that he told her that Roe versus Wade is settled law. I mean, how does that shake out for you when you analyze that?
7: Yeah, I don't think it was Claire McCaskill. It might have well, Claire McCaskill might have said that, but it was Susan Collins. I think who also said that yeah. in Maine. And and look, uh, you know, there are many ways to read that. And and the way I read it uh, is that every supreme court precedent is settled law up until the time that the supreme court decides to revisit one of its prior precedents and overturn it which they do from time to time they do not do it lightly uh... there are criteria that they use for deciding when to overturn uh precedent it, it's you know people have settled expectations on law and they they govern their lives accordingly and so upsetting precedent is is not something that should be done all the time uh but you know all supreme court precedent is entitled to respect unless until the supreme court says otherwise uh and and judges are supposed to be fair uh independent minded and uh, rule on the basis of law not personal or political preferences and they're not supposed to prejudge Cases. We ask judges to step down and recuse themselves uh, whenever they have prejudged the outcome of a case. They're supposed to wait for cases to come up to them, they're supposed to consider the arguments. Uh, of lawyers, and then render their best judgment, every senator says that they want uh, judges who are going to be fair and independent minded except that they try to tie them down to uh, saying in advance that they would uh, vote to uphold the precedents that they like or vote to overturn the precedents that they don't like
1: interesting, so it could because we have determined i mean. In the end, because right now this whole Roe versus Wade thing is being used as kind of the, uh, the, the the lightning rod issue, and and there's this idea somehow that you get Brett Kavanaugh in there and or a conservative Supreme Court, and suddenly it's back alley coat hangerville again uh but that's not really necessarily the case uh, even in the worst case scenario for a a person of a liberal persuasion that roe versus wade would be overturned that wouldn't necessarily change a whole lot i mean it would b- basically just be back to the states correct
7: yeah so the left tries to portray this in a number of different ways so what they say is well abortion uh, roe versus wade and and made abortion Legal, and therefore, if you were to overturn Roe versus Wade, abortion would be illegal and that is in fact not true uh... if roe versus wade were to be overturned and i'm not predicting that it will be but if it were to be overturned uh... then the matter would be left to the, the voters in states uh... to figure out uh, you know what to do there was a trend towards uh... states having more liberal abortion laws when roe v. wade was decided and of course roe v. wade was decided because it was supposed to end the issue but it's done anything but that uh, the battle lines have been drawn on roe versus wade uh, in more contentious ways than any other single issue. Now, with respect to the issue about whether Roe versus Wade will be overturned, democrats have been predicting roe versus wade Ro- roe versus wade's demise practically since the day the decision was announced and certainly going as far back as nineteen eighty-one when sandra day o'connor was uh, put on the court roe versus wade has continued to survive to this day there is only one justice on the supreme court clarence thomas who has said that roe versus wade should be revisited uh, and overturned if an appropriate case presented itself I don't sense any hunger by any of the other justices, including any of the uh, Republican-appointed justices, to revisit Roe v.ersus Wade anytime soon.
1: Yeah, interesting. I, and and again, I wanted to double back on something. Just and then before I let you go here, uh, John Malcolm with Heritage Foundation, Heritage.org. dot org. The when you said this, the Appeals Court in D.C. is the second most important court. Just out of curiosity, why why is that?
7: because there are a lot of regulatory agencies that are here in the united uh, that are here in washington dc so virtually every important regulatory matter and after all regula- you know regulations govern uh, a, a large portion of all of our lives are pretty much not exclusively decided by the DC Circuit, but a lot of them are. And also issues related to things like military commissions, uh, you know, all of those cases uh come to Washington, DC. So a lot of terrorism cases uh come to Washington, DC. So they're just an awful lot of very, very important matters that pop up periodically in circuit courts around the country, but are a steady diet of the DC Circuit Court of Appeals.
1: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I, I, you know, a lot of us uh, don't really. It's fascinating to tell you the truth, because uh, so much of what really does truly affect us uh, in our regular daily lives are uh, on the regulatory side really do do make a do make a huge difference. And I guess in the end, too, uh, personality-wise, I find it. I, I'm so glad that nowadays we can we can hear the proceedings with the Supreme Court. For so long, we actually didn't, you know, kind of get a a glimpse of the personalities of these justices, or we didn't know that uh, Justice Thomas never spoke, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, But but so it's but it's interesting to hear them uh, speak and challenge even some of their own preconceived notions when they're talking to uh, one of the solicitors uh, there in court. So, from a personality type, what kind of jurist? would a Brett Kavanaugh be uh, right there uh, if we listened in on some of the proceedings if he were the Supreme Court justice
7: well as i think the american public started to see when president trump announced him on july the 9th in the in the east room i uh, had the, the the privilege of being there uh, he is a very warm individual and a regular guy. I mean, not only is he you know, – they're coaching his, his girls' basketball teams, but frequently after those games and after Nationals games, he goes to a local bar, and the bartender said, this guy's been coming in here for years and having beer and a hamburger. I had no idea that he was even a lawyer, <laughs> much less uh, a judge. He's just a, a, a regular guy, just a really smart one. He is really well-liked. By uh, everybody, so he has an outstanding temperament, he treats uh, lawyers with respect and he at, at the same time asking incisive questions designed to hit at the heart of a legal matter and as a judge, he is you know going to be what I think he, he what he said in various speeches and opinions he's going to be a textualist and originalist he's not going to come up with new constitutional rights uh, that are not you know explicitly in the text of the constitution or based on precedent. he's not going to reach outside the text of a statute to try to divine some hidden congressional intent, perhaps based on a statement made by a senator in the well of the Senate late at night when no one else was there. Uh, so he is going to look at the law and apply the law and leave the policy judgments. To the legislators and to the people.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. I guess you know that it's so true too. The fact that he's such a regular guy and gets out to ball games, coaches—that's one of the reasons why it's been fun to watch some of these people uh, try to scour the earth for any image of him at a bar or image of him at a nationals game or whatever. But. Um, the, 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 yeah, you
7: would think that he's you know, going to be they're, they're looking to see him having a beer with Osama bin Laden I mean, it's, it's, really, <laughs> yeah. it's really silly <laughs> Yeah, know? absolutely like likes baseball <laughs> <laughs> Right on <laughs> Wow <laughs> All
1: right, well, John Malcolm, thank you so much for taking the time uh, You guys at Heritage, we talked to Jim Carafano and Genevieve Wood and Jim Talent and uh, Hans and all the rest of the gang So it's really great to talk to you again as well So thank you very much for your time
7: my pleasure. Good to be with you. All right, you
1: too. That's uh, John Malcolm with the Heritage Foundation on the Kavanaugh thing, which is kind of rearing its uh, rearing its head at this point. So, going to get back to the stuff that's going on around around town. President Trump in West Virginia. Oh, they love him there. He's a coal man. Yeah. And they're cold people. Yeah. Also, this Cohen Manafort thing—I don't know. You guys caught us really early with Mark Kaysen, and I've got some opinions on that. If you didn't catch it, if I were you, I'd later on rewind it or check out the podcast and listen to that. Because, as I as I explained, this Manafort Cohen. daily double yesterday kept the left wing lead balloon afloat for just another couple more days but I got news for these folks this is probably going nowhere a lot of reasons why thank you to Santino's cigars and cocktails for sponsoring the show don't forget we're going to have our happy hour there on the 27th of September that's a penciled in date just in case something pops up but we're going to be there for the official Radio Free Allman happy hour. RadioFreeAllman.com is where you can uh, check that out. Also, don't forget, Chris Kaneman is waiting for your call there. If you haven't gotten one of these groovy mattresses, the 1961 Symbol mattress since 1961. Bamboo, comfortable as all get-out. 636-698-5167. 636 636- Six nine eight five one six seven is the number there. By appointment only during the week, Saturday's 10 to 2. And the reason why they do the appointment thing, it keeps the overhead down, keeps your mattresses just that much more inexpensive. Yeah. Don't forget also my guys at Discovery Design, discoverydesigninc.com. They're helping you build your trucks and your fleets no matter what you need. They got it. And also... Don't forget about Eric Naputi, Naputi Wellness, com. Going to go see him in just a little bit. Check it Busy man. Got a Chesterfield office now, too, so not only in South County, but also in, uh, in Chesterfield as well and beyond. And don't forget, keep showing your love to Golden Oak Lending. They're going to be officially powering up here in a matter of days, and Big support of the show. And don't forget about Rick and Tracy Ellis. Ellis TracyEllis.com. And don't forget that I have a way for you to get a hold of me, and I'll set you up with them. If you're selling a home, a business, or wanting to buy a home or business, 314-309-0704. 314-309-0704. I had a dream last night, it was right before I woke up, and I was uh, out looking for a Christmas tree. What was that about? I never analyzed these dreams. I was way out in heaven knows where out in some rural area looking for a Christmas tree. (laughs) Couldn't find one. Found a couple. And it was weird because they were out in a field, but they weren't, they were already cut down. So it was like going to a tree lot. I remember thinking how short they were. And I was, uh, until I realized that, no, I just got taller. So that was my dream. Weirdest damn thing. I don't know why I did that. I'm sure somebody could analyze it for me somewhere along the line. President Trump in West Virginia accurately just was wondering. You know what? What? Where is this? Where is this collusion that people keep talking about? What? What are they talking about? Sorry, hold on. Where is the collusion?
4: You know, they're still looking for collusion. Where is the collusion? Find some collusion. We want to find the collusion. At the beating heart of this election is border security. Yeah,
1: that's that's what people care about in West Virginia. The economy, manufacturing, coal, border security, Manafort and Cohen. They wouldn't know those guys if they dropped out of the sky on their foreheads. Most Americans don't know who these people are. And you know what? Don't really care. And I realize ultimately what you guys are going to be experiencing at your home or office, or maybe you already have, is the people going, oh, what about that Cohen thing? Don't let them get away with it. Say, "What, what about the Cohen thing? Tell me about it. And then they won't be able to because all they're hearing is though they're seeing the TV screens, you know, the CNN screen that tells it that, that that the world is collapsing and Cohen is this and Cohen is that and and turning on Trump and Manafort's been convicted and blah, 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 blah. But they really don't know what this is all about. They just They just kind of – it's kind of like when they just kind of gratuitously say, you know, Russia, collusion, racism, misogynist, Cohen, Manafort, you know. Uh, Stormy Daniels and they just kind of keep throwing this stuff out there and they know that it really doesn't have much of a conclusion that is going to be uh, drawn and the reality is people don't necessarily realize that the Manafort conviction the very fact that he was even charged is actually proof that Mueller has nothing going on you realize that? that 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 actually the very existence of charges and indeed this conviction of Manafort is a pretty good indication that Mueller has nothing. Because keep in mind this these crimes that were allegedly committed uh, and and that Manafort was convicted for occurred over a number of years, and it's actually kind of surprising that Manafort got away with what he got away with for as long as he did. You realize if it weren't for the Mueller investigation, Manafort would never have been caught. Manafort would, none of this would have ever actually come to to light about Manafort. He never would have been caught. He would have kept on doing whatever he was doing and that's kind of surprising considering how we're told that the law enforcement and he, these guys are all over the all, all over it and on top of it and ready to rock and this and this but the the amount of stuff you realize he's he had upwards of what was it 18 counts against him and then he's got another one coming with the with the next trial and i i i'm a, i guess i'm assuming based on the convictions that he's not a good guy but the fact of the matter is he never would have been caught had it not been for the Mueller investigation. And I want to tell you everything you need to know, first of all, about <laughs> whether there's really adequate policing of this kind of stuff, because apparently uh, there isn't. He got away with this for a long time. And whether or not Mueller really has anything at all other than a searchlight looking for any kind of movement whatsoever. Earlier in the show with Cason, I compared it to, you know, when you go apple picking, there's always, you know, there's always some people who will just assume pick the apples off the ground that look good as opposed to reach up and grab one from the tree. And that seems to me to be the sum total of the Mueller investigation where he's going on a hunt and just taking whatever low-lying fruit or ground-level fruit that he could grab. And Manafort just happened to be one of them, and people are going, "Yeah, but you know Manafort." It's like, "Well, wait a minute. If Manafort really had the goods on President Trump, and really was chock full of info. We would have already been able to establish that, have already known that." Okay, it's like, "No, no, it's coming, it's coming." I go, wait a minute, though. They're sending this guy to prison for decades. If he had valuable information that at least he was willing to trade out, the information wasn't going to come before sentencing. You guys know that, right? I mean, mean, the negotiation time for a Manafort who has all the dirt on the president of the United States uh, doesn't come after you've been convicted of the crimes. It comes when you've been nailed And you plea bargain or do whatever you're doing to try to get out of it. That's, that's when it, that's, that's when it comes about. You don't wait until you're all the way through a, a hearing process and a trial and you're about to be sent up the river for decades to start your negotiations. So if my position is Manafort had the info that, that, Cason is fantasizing about. We would have seen it already. We we would we would have we would have known about this already. Then you also have the situation regarding Cohen. Cohen is another example of how there's a lot of chest beating about what people have and what people don't have, but in reality in my opinion, Cohen's got nothing. Because, again, you wouldn't go through this entire process and, and, and through the, this entire thing where suddenly uh, you're going to be walked into an FBI, you're going to turn yourself in. If If Cohen really had damaging information on Trump and really had the goods and the tapes and all that kind of stuff, do you really think that, he would be subjected to the perp walk. I mean, he wasn't really handcuffed, but you know what I mean. T- turning himself in, going through all this rigmarole of the uh, of the charges being filed against him and all this kind of stuff. No, this the negotiation time is is when you're trying to when you know they got you dead to rights and you're trying to work yourself out of it. Negotiation time isn't after you have been humiliated in the public eye. So, again, yeah, okay. Is there, is there, uh, is, are there things out there that might be going on that might blow back on, uh, on President Trump? Maybe. I, 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 possibly. But I guarantee, you, if it were really hugely damaging, we would know about it already. Guaranteed. Do you think Mueller would be waiting this long as his whole investigation stands in question, the efficacy of it, and everything else? Don't you think he would already have uh, pulled out his his best stuff? Or or what is he waiting for? Is he is he is he really waiting for? The, the perfect time to come out of it and and bring it all out and lay it all out. I doubt it. So again, the Manafort Cohen thing, most people, first of all, don't care about it. Uh, it it means nothing except that Mueller has nothing. And it also means that president Trump, yeah, he probably sometimes can use a little better advice when dealing with some of these people. Cause he's got, you know, Amorosa, he's got, you know, This whole thing with, and and again, have we seen the N-word tape? No, haven't seen the N-word tape. Because there is no N-word tape. If there was, we'd have seen it by now. There is no Russia collusion. If there was, we would know it by now. There is no damning information that Cohen has. If there was, we'd know it by now. And Manafort, if there was, we'd know it by now. So naturally, of course, in West Virginia last night, President Trump was talking a lot about this situation regarding Molly Tibbetts. You know?
4: We're getting the wall built. It's going up. We're getting it built. And we have a big number in right now. So, Shelley and Corey, you hear that, right? So, we have 3.2 billion. We're looking for 5 billion this year. And all of a sudden, it's going to be finished, and it's going to be very, very effective. You heard about today with the illegal alien coming in, very sadly, from Mexico. And you saw what happened to that incredible, beautiful young woman. Should have never happened. Illegally in our country. We've had a huge impact, but the laws are so bad. The immigration laws are such a disgrace. We're getting them changed, but we have to get more Republicans. We have to get.
1: And more people to enforce these laws. And and more Republicans that care more about, like, for instance, than Bush did about illegal immigration and about our visa programs and everything else. You can say all you want if you don't want the wall built or don't think the wall is necessary. I, I, I totally understand your position on that. I get it. But we definitely need to have people who are tougher on illegal aliens and the immigration problem. Half of it having to do with the fact that people are overstaying their visas. But this guy – had been running around for seven years and was never flagged. He still didn't even speak English. But he, there he is, and now he's charged with this murder. We've heard a number of people, you know, we heard people talking about, yeah, but what about the father in Colorado who killed his wife and two kids? And he's not an illegal alien, so well, it's a non sequitur. It, it makes no difference in the world. There's no comparison. This guy was not supposed to be here he was not supposed to be in the united states so so bringing somebody else up who is in the united states is a, is completely not applicable and is and is not part of the argument i was curious about the reporting on this illegal alien and if you got any kind of reporting on the fact that he was an illegal alien at all they didn't call him an illegal alien they didn't even call him Undocumented immigrant anymore. I mean, maybe some people did, but if they did, they were in violation of the AP style book. Because so I was curious, you know, the the AP style book is 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 it's on the desks of most people in the industry on the newspaper end and on the media broadcasting end, and the AP style book basically gives you tips and and direction on how to on terminologies and what is best use and what is not so good you know what's the what's the word to use and what's the word not to use and how to describe something so the uh senior vice president and executive director Kathleen Carroll explained this decision that took place almost wow four years ago and 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 now the word the term illegal immigrant shall not be used by the news media at all and so the style book the AP style book no longer sanctions the term illegal immigrant or use of illegal to describe a person instead it tells reporters that illegal should only describe an action such as living in a or immigrating to a country illegally. So so that's why you had a lot of people and their terminology if they really made a deal out of it at all is this way they put it was that he came from Mexico and was here illegally. So, so the, the reporters all had to uh, – have had to adjust their language to kind of soften the severity of the act of an illegal. And so they, they, it's kind of it, – it's buried in the, in the paragraph as Garcia was here from Mexico illegally. They, they don't describe him as an illegal immigrant Sometimes they might describe him as a Mexican national. And I would argue even that, that 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 the term illegal immigrant is ridiculous anyway because an immigrant is someone who basically either is invited or comes over as part of a process. That's what I always thought an, an immigrant was. So in my opinion, you, you, you can't immigrant uh, be an immigrant Anything but legally, so i would I would terminolo- my terminology would be illegal alien but but anyway that 's why you 're seeing all these kind of weird little ways in which they are uh, they are trying to describe this guy if they if they describe them <laughs> at all in any way shape, or form and and in the meantime, this has presented a pretty big problem for the news media and indeed the left that have been allowing for this desire to abolish ice. Like that's a, like that's an, actually a serious kind of notion. And the fact is, Don Lemon was the first off the blocks because this of course became an issue. And he went out there and said that we haven't, we haven't been, we we haven't been vilifying border patrols and, and ICE and all that kind of stuff, but actually he has. You just made that up. No, he
8: well, didn't I make have.
9: it. Up. No, I didn't make it up. Don, listen, you do it on your show almost every night. You call the president a racist, so don't tell me this doesn't happen. All right, any viewer knows it does. And speaking of ICE specifically, I wrote an article about this in Real Clear Politics. Or any excuse, viewer doesn't know Caller that. Steve, about, you can't, I'm not going to let you get away with that because what you said is just. Don, you call not him a racist every night. True. Well, I, mean, I think I think it's
1: I think it's so cool that the Steve Cordis guy from the Trump campaign. First of all, I guess to CNN's credit, they let him on the air. But he, it's it's you know unfortunately on CNN and a lot of other outlets we see these guys who are supposedly Republican representatives or representatives of conservatives or what have you, and they're just not very good at making a case or being tough with these guys. And Steve Cordis is pretty tough. We'll go back a little bit so you can backtrack and 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 listen to him.
9: Real I don't politics. Know, or any viewer doesn't know call that call Steve. I I'm not going to let you get away with that because what you said is just. Don, you call not him a racist every night. True. Well, would you like me to go through the evidence that about his racism that you?
1: So at least he got Don Lemon to admit that he calls him a racist every night. That's pretty. It's a pretty high skill right there for Steve Cordes to 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 basically checkmate Don Stewart, uh, Don Stewart, Don Lemon right there uh, on the air like that.
9: Seem to, you can't see because you have these Trump blinders on, because you have Trump derangement I don't blinders yeah, on. Yeah,
1: Trump, Trump derangement blinders on. I mean, he's got, he's got Don Lemon tied into all kinds of different knots here. I love it. I, mean, I can't get enough well, of this Steve Gordon. Would guy.
9: you like me to go through the evidence That uh, about his racism that you seem to... You can't see because you have these Trump blinders on because you have Trump derangement blinders on? Steve, I understand that. But when you say something completely wrong and you have no evidence to back it up...
1: Trump derangement blinders. So that would be you being blind to Trump derangement or you... I don't even know what that would mean, Trump derangement blinders. Because the... If you had Trump derangement blinders, you wouldn't be able to see Trump derangement. But Cordes does see Trump derangement. So it means that Don Lemon ought to join Al Sharpton in some kind of remedial English class.
9: I Steve, I understand that, but when you say something completely wrong and you have no evidence to back it up, I've got to say so on the air. You have no evidence to back up that the, the mainstream media is somehow vilifying border patrol agents and people okay. who work on the border. That is simply not true. You don't consider Hayden part of mainstream media? He's, He's just one, one person. On even at, And I, I, I don't on know on the, the context of his tweet, but that's one person. To say the entire all of mainstream media is vilifying... Um, people who work on the border is just completely false. It's something you would hear on the Trump News Network. Okay,
1: so you're saying, Don, that the video we see and the commentary we see about people being put in cages and these Border Patrol agents, you saw the one where the Border Patrol agents were arresting a guy who uh, apparently in the, in the beginning, it was like, oh, look, he's just taking his poor wife to have her baby. And it turns out the guy is a murderer, or at least an alleged murderer, a murder suspect. And they were arresting him. Now, keep in mind, you know what the excuse of the news media is when we say, why did you do that? Why did you automatically just simply assume that – that this was a bad arrest it was like well because we didn't know i'm like okay well if you didn't know then why did you act like you did because because that's the excuse these guys going well we didn't know that he was actually a murder suspect well right so why did you look at the video and just act like you knew that Border Patrol agents were picking on some dude taking his wife to have her baby. Because apparently you knew something. Because we didn't hear you say, we don't know why the Border Patrol agents are arresting this man. You didn't say that. You said, Border Patrol agents are arresting this man just taking his wife to have her baby. So the excuse that you didn't know that he was actually being picked up because there was an arrest warrant out for him isn't much of an excuse. In fact, it's more of an indictment of the fact that you report things before you know all the facts. And you say things before you know all the facts. And again, that's a great example. I wish Cordis had brought it up of how the media has a predisposed attitude – and and bias against border patrol agents because otherwise maybe as a reporter instead of saying look at these border patrol agents arresting this man taking his wife to have a baby maybe you would take a beat and think okay maybe we ought to find out like why he's being arrested maybe we ought to dig into this deeper or maybe actually just assume there's no way border patrol agents would try to interrupt the birth of a baby just because they are a bunch of mean guys who don't like illegal aliens. Maybe instead of having that as your presupposition, you want to challenge it. And if you did, then you might discover that actually they had a reason to pick this guy up and it was a pretty good one that he had a warrant for his arrest on a murder charge. That's why he were picking you up. So that's a great example of the bias out there. But I love these people going, well, we didn't know at the time that this was what was happening. It's like, well, okay, but you acted like you knew at the time what was happening. And you told us that it was because big, bad whitey border patrol agent is picking on little old Mexican guy, taking his wife to have a baby.
9: Anyway, on this network and i haven't no, heard, i haven't heard it on any other network i don't agree but also we can go to elected officials if you don't want to talk media how about elected that's officials? not how what you said mayor of new york city that's not what you said okay no like, okay I, I'm and saying, that's not, and that's not what we're talking if we don't about. want to debate that point okay. all night no no yeah. and i'm not conceding that point at all because i do think mainstream media absolutely demonizes ice yeah, they
1: they continually do that They they continually have – they have people who are on their panels and, and government officials who actually seriously, seriously entertain the idea that it's okay to abolish one of our premier law enforcement agencies that are securing us and our country from a border invasion. Did you see this thing with Duncan Hunter? Man, sometimes these guys are so embarrassing. This California Republican Duncan Hunter and his wife Margaret, he's been indicted for using $250,000 in campaign funds for personal expenses, including dental work, trips to Italy, and Hawaii. I was like, please, people. Help us out a little bit because, you know, of course, yesterday it would disappeared a little bit because of the Manafort-Cohen thing. So the Trump haters for a little while had something to suck on all day long yesterday. And so they didn't actually need to kind of dig around and look for another pacifier for themselves after uh, after the election. So uh, they were, you know, they, they kind of buried the story. Only, But only because they had other distractions and other things uh, going on. So anyway, he concealed, allegedly, and his wife, concealed his purchases uh, by misclassifying them in their campaign finance records as campaign travel or dinner with volunteers. Now keep in mind, again, this story, of course, lumps Hunter in with Chris Collins and say they were the first members of Congress to endorse Donald Trump in 2016 in his run for the presidency. Meaning, of course, what? President Trump is guilty of misuse of campaign funds and insider trading? Is that what, is that what you're saying? Because otherwise, it doesn't have any relevancy at all, except as an attempt to kind of smear the president by association, which, of course, happens quite a bit. Anyway, that was the big thing. But they did, but they had Manafort and Cohen to to deal with yesterday. And so uh, they were plenty busy and and were plenty satisfied to kind of harp on that all day long. But still, this Duncan Hunter thing is disturbing. I mean, the Collins thing is too. What these guys are thinking. The Collins thing with, with his entire family getting involved in the game, it's like, do, do you people have any kind of self-awareness at all about what you're doing and how easy this stuff is to detect. But then Duncan Hunter, this is, a, this, is a, this is embarrassing. But not to President Trump. Just because Duncan Hunter endorsed President Trump doesn't mean that President Trump has any accountability for Duncan Hunter's actions. But when you look at it here, it's very interesting uh, and, and disturbing. So he used campaign money to pay for personal expenses dating back to 2009, and the indictment takes him on through 2016. The criminal investigation began in June of 2016, two months after the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, and the San Diego Tribune questioned some of Hunter's campaign expenses as potentially personal. The indictment alleges that Hunter – and his wife repeatedly dipped into campaign coffers as if they were their bank accounts and then falsified the campaign records to cover the tracks. They're supposed to be arraigned on Thursday. So what they did was they, uh, according to the indictment, is they overdrew their bank account more than 1,100 times in a seven-year period. So they, they they got about $37,000 in overdraft and insufficient fund fees. In the same period, their credit cards were charged to the credit limit, often with five-figure balances, resulting in about $24,000 in finance charges, interests, and other fees related to late, over-the-limit, and returned payment fees. That's not great management there. The Hunters discussed their near empty bank accounts to determine when to use campaign funds and to withdraw cash from campaign accounts for personal use. So they withdrew petty cash all the time. When they were talking about it. They, they 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 love this. So uh, and th- and this is kind of interesting because I didn't know there were rankings for this, but Oh, by, by by the way, my uh, County Brown barbecue guys are here. They're outside, just in case. I wanted to let you know, Brett just, uh, Brett just, Brett just texted me and said they're here. So, uh, Hunter has consistently ranked as one of the poorest members of Congress. I didn't know there was a... Uh For the past five years, he has listed no assets. Now, keep in mind, when you are... A member of Congress and you're listing no assets, what happens is normally if people are looking for people to kind of watch, they'll watch the poorest members of Congress because they they know that if you are basically filing reports that say you have no assets, they're like, okay, well, that'll be easy. we, We can start looking at, what kind of things they're accruing and how they're living their lives after they've already told us they have no assets. So let's say you are pay attention to these kind of things and you decide you're going to kind of look into somebody and, and they're going to Italy and traveling to Hawaii and doing all this kind of stuff. You're thinking, oh, didn't that guy just say he had no assets? That, at that point, you're like, oh, let's look into this guy. They didn't re, uh, respond to a request for comment on this whole thing. But Apparently he was like buy he would like even buy like shorts in Hawaii and say they were campaign expenses. Now this kind of has me curious to look at the uh at the list that talks about the people who are the the lowest uh the ranking network worth people and uh let's see. So so the richest member of Congress is Daryl Issa. Isa. I, I, I should know how to pronounce that name, but I, I don't. But anyway, you guys have seen him before. He's he's apparently the richest member of Congress. I can't get this thing to scroll. Hang on. Okay, there it is. Thanks, roll call. You have a crappy website. Uh, and this guy Gianforte is the is the uh, here. I'm trying to uh, my web my website. Uh, okay, twenty poorest. I'm going to go to that one. The twenty poorest. Peter Ag- Aguilar, Alex Mooney, Jimmy Panetta of California. I can't, I don't even, uh, I'm trying to find out whether anybody's on, from our areas on that list. I don't think so. Gregory Meeks, uh, Quigley of Illinois, Debbie Stabenow of Michigan. She's one of the poorest. That's interesting. Tim Scott is one of the poorest in South Carolina. Actually, it's, it's probably, it's kind of a badge of honor to be a, a politician who might be on the poorest list Dennis Ross, Chris Murphy, Emmanuel Cleaver of Missouri, found one, he's 526 on the ranking, Todd Young, Indiana, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. She's one of the poorest members of Congress. Her net worth is minus 1.2 million dollars. That's uh, that means that must mean she must be in debt. Alcee Hastings, yeah, he he, yeah, he, uh, he's uh, he's a convicted felon, and then uh, David Valavado. So anyway, this guy Duncan Hunter was down there on this list as well, but they're the poorest. But those are the people you watch usually. Those are the people you kind of pay attention to as to how they're how they're operating because. Those are the people who might sometimes be more on the take than others, and Duncan Hunter wound up being uh, on that. Maybe you got to watch, uh, you ought to watch oh, yes, Debbie Washam and Schultz also, you think? Huh. Now you know. Well, the County Browns are here. And we're going to bring them in in just a couple. These guys do good work. Brett Steinhoff, you might have met him when we were down at Santino's Cigars and Cocktails. But that's what he told me about this barbecuing group he has. By the way, we're going to have our official, our official Radio Free Almond Happy Hour on the 27th of September there. Santino's Cigars and Cocktails. Vogel Road and Arnold. Well, should we have these guys come on in? Let's do. What up, gentlemen? Uh Uh-oh. He's got gloves on. What's up, brother? I'm gonna get you guys. I'm gonna get you guys more tuned up and get your. Uh, let's see. We got. Uh, hold on, say, bud. What's up, my friend?
10: Not too much, man. How what, are you? What is your name? Nick Levy. Nick Levy. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having us on, man. County Brown Barbecue. That's correct. And where do we
1: find you guys? On the web?
10: Uh, We're on Facebook, Facebook. County Brown
1: Barbecue. County Brown Barbecue. And Brett was telling me about you guys and how you started all this. What you guys do, basically, is if somebody wants somebody either having a fundraiser or Mm -hmm. whatever, you guys will come out. And yeah. you'll cook, and you'll help them out with food.
10: Yeah, it it, it all kind of started with uh, me and Brett have known each other for years, you know, being county police and all this stuff, and and we just started bouncing ideas back and forth off each other about different types of uh, grilled meat, and and we we both kind of came to the same conclusion at the same time. Let's just do a barbecue team, and and then you know the booster rocket shot up and, <laughs> and so we got we got lucky and we 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 did uh a few things together and uh it started out with uh clayton barbecue a couple years ago yeah. and then we came in second and then last year we wound up winning with pork butt and wow and so it's uh me brett and uh and and badger and it's just it, it, I can't explain how. Quickly, this stuff is taking off.
1: I, yeah, because but you guys, you so you guys won this barbecue contest, mm-hmm. and, and and now before this, you guys weren't really necessary. i mean I'm 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 I liked your page already, but I'm just, I want to get it up on my on my page here because I want to make sure you all go to uh, County Brown Barbecue, and it's uh it, and it, and I've already liked it. So if you want to go and check it out, just go ahead on the Facebook search bar. Look up county brown barbecue and and you're in, but you guys technically what you're doing is is a lot of this is is raising money uh, for backstoppers correct
10: right like if if, if we make money you know in a, in a charity event, that goes straight to backstoppers, period. Wow
1: okay so now if people want you guys uh, to, to cook. Do like let's, let's 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 say I had a radio-free almond barbecue and it was designed to look at these guys, man. All right. Now, did Where you guys? It? this Brett Steinhoff. What's up, brother? And you're Badger.
8: Yeah, they What's call me Badger. Badger.
1: Uh, why do they call you Badger, by the way?
8: Uh well, back when I first started with St. Louis <laughs> County, I uh, got into an uh, altercation with a no. With go ahead. So, you with a guy you know, it ended up turning to a use of force and you know, I had a partner that was I guess being punched on, I guess you'd say. Yeah. He was being attacked, so I just hopped out of the car and yelled taser and, and tased the guy and you know, I don't know if you know the what, what the background to the the honey badger is. He, yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's that's I was like I love it, man.
1: <laughs> you guys are brave guys and, and, and I appreciate all that you do. The county police, uh, first of all. You guys, a great organization. Uh, you know, always buttoned up, always out there. I remember seeing you guys out there in Ferguson getting spit on and stuff thrown at you and everything else. And yeah, you did Ferguson some, was real, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys were all out there, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable and and such so painful to watch. But we were standing by you the whole time and you know the, and, uh, and and proud of you guys. So uh, we,
10: we appreciate the support. And but one of the things that a lot of people don't think about with everything that we went through in Ferguson is what our wives and our significant others and our families went through. You know, we signed off to say that, you know, we're going to be there when the bell rings, but it's our families that, that really took a, took a toll.
1: Yeah. I remember watching it uh, on, you know, on TV like everybody else was out there as well, but seeing it on TV and then imagining myself to be a, a wife, husband, daughter, son of one of the officers out there as I watched them getting spit on and and pummeled Mm -hmm. uh, and and bottles thrown at them and everything else. And then, then of course, also to the point where there was, at one point, uh, even in the city, where police officers were purposely ordered to dress down so as not to come across as being too militaristic. I'm thinking to myself... You have got to be kidding me. I, had, I saw some guys on an on a, on a, uh, overpass when these peop- goofballs were all taking them over. And they were in short sleeve shirts, these police officers, getting rocks and bottles thrown at them. Mm-hmm. Also, the politicians everybody else could suck their thumbs and talk about how, oh, we don't want to be too militaristic. And, and at the time, I was thinking, you know, if you're a family member of one of these people um, – you want all the protection you could possibly get and they were they were bitching about people in 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 MRAPs or whatever they were and shields and helmets and then every time you'd see a picture in the paper or something it was always of this kind of menacing masked uh you know, police officer yeah. go well and to me <clears throat> i like seeing police officers in helmets and masks thank you very
10: much <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all about when when tac was called out it was never like to provoke or or, or push any buttons on people. Yeah. It was because the situation required it. They needed specialized officers with specialized gear, and you know that's that's what that's what tac is for. Yeah, yeah. You know, all he, right.
1: And so you guys, you know, and and that's why you guys, especially when it comes to helping backstoppers and organizations that support our officers, because. Uh, Heaven forbid, what ultimately happens is, you know, you guys get out there, uh, somebody gets injured or killed or whatever, and and you guys want to make sure you're out there to, to, to help the families and back them up, right? Brett, this is kind of how this whole thing started, right? Yeah,
5: actually, uh, with, with Ferguson happening, uh, that's how me and uh, Levy and, and uh, the Badger got together and started to do the barbecue. Um, and really over the last year and a half, almost two years now we formed the county brown team and uh started to excel and, and and trying to uh get out there and do you know competitions but also some of the uh, local events as well too we'll go out and barbecue for them uh some of them have hired us to come and barbecue as well and uh, uh that's that's how we kind of got our start together it was uh you know and facebook obviously helped too yeah that's, yeah that, that's where we were able to <clears throat> You know, find all of our followers, and and uh, it's turned into a really great thing, and we're hoping to really take it up. off this next year. Yeah, as
10: you
1: guys already have these victories, right? Because you talked
10: about yeah, we, yeah, we won in Clayton last year. Well, earlier this year, I guess, with Pork Butt, and you know, it, it's kind of funny. I mean, the whole wait, thing is, wait,
1: is your trophy out there. Yep, it is. Oh, we can bring it. <laughs> Matt, can you think no, we can no, grab that trophy and put
10: this out here? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It's
1: clear, it's clear and glass. We might <laughs> as well put it out here because you know, just just because.
10: I mean, it, it, we all just the three of us, and then there's there's a few more guys that help out. Thanks, buddy. No and uh, Thanks, Matt. you know, we just bounce ideas off of each other, and and it just you know it's it's taken on a life of its own.
1: This, this ghetto Emmy let's that, that's all about.
5: yeah well that's great you
1: guys so, yeah. now now uh, obviously you have this kind of in your background mm-hmm. right I mean this is kind of what you got you guys have been this it's is been, your it, it's thing. been a
5: few years and we've all uh, we've been watching each other do stuff and, and putting it online and hey uh, you know bouncing ideas off each other um, hey maybe you don't want to try this or you might want to try that for the next uh, next set of ribs you do. And uh, we've all kind of just perfected our own technique with different things. And uh, uh, that's why today we've got a uh, a St. Louis style rib for you. And we've also got some pork butt. And we've also got chicken out there as well for you to try. Nice. So uh, here I'll speak on on behalf of the ribs. uh, This is a... Four and a half hours smoke, and because of our detour this morning, we had a little bit of a rest time for them, so is they've that, been that, for about two hours.
1: Okay, so now, is that what you were making when you put the Facebook post up about you smoking a cigar, and I just, were you doing that? Uh, that okay. might have
5: been uh, I did. I,
10: I pulled the chicken off. Okay, yeah,
1: okay. That, was, that was the chicken. Okay, no, all right. I okay. did
5: put these on about one o'clock this morning. I took them off uh, just before I left at six, and uh, they've been wrapped in foil and resting in a cooler um, up until now, so... This is a, uh, a mustard m- mustard base on there with a brown sugar um, brown sugar coat. And I call it my candy coat, and uh, like I said, smoked for oh, about five hours. We'll Damn, say. man,
1: looks good. And
5: uh, and cut up, ready to eat. So
1: and then what else you have? You yeah, have the the, 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 uh, the turkey over there. The pulled pork. It? It's pulled I'm pulled sorry, pork. Yep. And then what is that thing? That, the uh,
8: what's the what's what's that that thing right there, buddy? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: it's it's all pulled
8: pork. I just shredded half of it right now so, oh nice because am there's no sense of shredding all i'm it. gonna
1: bring i'm gonna bring that to, maybe we could bring that camera up a little closer see, what and, makes, and, and uh, get this get this what get what makes
10: the pulled of pork it, so it. special here with with what we do with what badger does on the pulled pork is you would see that smoke ring there That's yeah just, i mean it's absolutely gorgeous
1: now wait a minute what do you call it a
10: smoke ring smoke ring yep yeah it's it's the it's the color right around the
5: the top. Oh right! Surface here, so oh wow. The longer yeah. the longer it smokes, usually the the uh, longer it smokes, the thicker that that ring is going to be here. So nice. Fact,
1: so okay. So, big so big big now, big when you big guys big. won uh, the 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 actual uh, first place mm-hmm. in the uh, the the battle of the badges, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what do you have? with just a bunch bunch of police departments out there yeah, and law enforcement have out there, fire police fire and okay.
10: EMS, and
1: you get the first place in the pork butt. Now, when you guys win. Uh, like what is what is it that when the judges say that you won, like what what are they saying dis- is distinguished
10: uh, about what you just did? Well, I think what I think what kind of put us over the top was uh, like the pork that we did was this pork here, but we kind of changed the game a little bit. Like when you think of pulled pork, you think of like you know a, a sweet barbecue sauce. We used Hot Charlie's. Ghost pepper sauce, so it was like a hot wing, but pork butt
1: right, wow,
10: so that was it just that's what kind of yeah put us up, and it was you know for me i I wasn't ever really a you know a super hot sauce guy, yeah, and when I tried that combination, I mean that blew my I there mean, you go the people off
1: thanks, Matt for doing that we're getting <laughs> the, we're getting getting you guys close ups of their of their artistry here, do that ghost pepper stuff?
10: you would think that the hot Charlie sauce it's, yeah. it's like it's hot I'm not gonna lie it's it's hot but it's not that ghost pepper punch in the gut where you right, see people right. on these viral videos where they're throwing it yeah I've on, seen those yeah that. people do the videos no, it's, it's mm-hmm. like it's it's like a, it's a hot sauce but you're just kind of like yeah oh my god this is delicious but my mouth's on fire <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right so now uh, Brett you were telling me though how how these people like like if uh, like who? is eligible to get the County Browns out there? And what is, what is their outlay? Like what, like if a church or some organization, I was just bringing up the example of maybe like radio free almond Sunday, we might have a barbecue or something. What do we have to do to get you guys out there and make things all good?
5: Uh, first and foremost, contact us either. Uh, if you have our, one of our numbers, give us a call or find us on Facebook at County Brown barbecue. Um, send us a message where we respond on there all the time to people. Um, let us know what the event is and we can work how out the people? details on, yeah, how many people, people is, is very important to us. Um, let us know, you know, we're cooking for like, we, we got one coming up in September. Uh, we were told to be ready for about 75 people. Um, if we're going to have any more than that, obviously we want to know, cause we got to, you know, start doubling up on our, on our food and our prep time as well. So, uh, you can find us on there. Send us an email, let us know what you have going on, what kind of food you're looking for. Um, not everybody, I mean, we don't, just, you know, stick to everything's got to be smoked or this or that. We did a, did an event here a while back where we had other things going on, you know, not just that, um, that we were serving with the dishes. Right. So right. let us know what everybody wants. Um,
1: and then all we have to do is we pay for the food, right? Yeah. We well, buy the food.
5: And, and this, is, this is where we're still ironing out all of our details of what we're trying <clears throat> to do. We're looking at um, hopefully forming an actual company out of this. Uh, group so down the road um we've done a bunch of charity events now um charity events if if it works out with our schedules which is pretty hectic yeah uh, for all three of us to be off work on the right. same day and time um we can get together and 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 hopefully do the event for you um we figure out if we're gonna you know pay for it yeah if you guys are buying the meat everything else you know obviously we're, we're trying to grow into a company here so we're gonna start to uh uh charge for, you know, future events, uh, for big events. For example, we've got somebody that's looking to have us cater a wedding. Um, and they're saying they could be anywhere from three to 500 people. Uh, that's an all, I mean, that's, that's not even an all day. Yeah. That's a two day, uh, uh prep time and right. cook. So, uh, we need to know ahead of time. And then, uh, that way we can figure out what our costs are on everything. And, um, also that being said too, we want to also give back to backstoppers, um, now, we aren't spokesmen for Backstoppers, but we obviously uh, uh, care about the cause, yeah. so uh, we want to give back to them as much as possible absolutely. as well. So, obviously, donations made in County Brown's name would be great, County Brown Barbecue. Um, they can also make you know, contributions that way oh, um, good. at the events, too. So
1: Oh, very cool. Okay. We'll, backstoppers is amazing, man.
5: We'll volunteer our time. Like I have no problem
10: if I'm on a rec day or, or a day off. I'll have no problem yeah. doing this for anybody. You know, yeah. just, just so long as, you know, yeah. it's for a good cause.
1: Well, we've got to, we, you know what we ought to do, too, is since we're going to have, and, and Brett, this is where I'm, I met you formally down right. at Santino's, because we've got our official Radio Free Almond happy hour. Uh, Mike had suggested the 27th of February. It's a Thursday. So maybe you actually one to, it would be great to be able to turn it into a Radio Free Almond happy hour, but also a uh, semi-fundraiser for backstoppers, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And they, you guys could maybe come down there. You can, I'm sure you could make it at any time, or whatever. You'd have to grill it right outside, but uh, maybe we could have the County Brown barbecue at the Radio Free Almond Happy Hour. That'd be fantastic, and, and raise some money for that. Backstoppers that way. Yep. that'd be awesome. Yep. Yep. That'd we be could great. definitely do well, that. Are you gonna and, dig uh, in or are you just gonna stay? Right yeah, well, yeah. Just, <laughs> you know, I, I've always it's always been you know one of the things that's, that's odd is, is is generally like in radio, uh, the thing that we. Try to avoid. It's kind of like like it's like I'm on I'm on Facebook now, so so I can get away with it. But usually in radio, the one like to me like like the killer is always somebody going (laughs) right to the mic. So I so uh, I was being I just was I didn't want it. But this this looks good, you guys. And plus, it's for me. It's lunchtime. So
10: So the two different sauces here. This is uh, the one that's darker. That's badgers. This one's mine. And it's kind of like a mustard base, and Badger can tell you about his. What's what is yours, Badger?
8: Mine is a, Man, it's a sweet. Good, you guys. It's sweet with a little bit of kick at the end. It's nothing overpowering. It's real subtle and goes excellent with pork. Man, this is good, dudes.
1: This is great. <laughs> this one, wait, this is this, this one's Badger's, right? Yeah, no, this is yours. mustard
8: base. Mine's the darker one.
1: Oh, because yeah. <clears throat> the mustard base one is um, nice and kicky. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
10: Yeah, it's, it's got a it's got a tangy kick. Too. Now do
1: you guys sell this?
10: Nope. Oh you don't?
1: Barbecue sauce? Not yet. No, we're, we're you guys not yet. need to figure you, you no, we're, I'm we're, telling we're you. We're slowly like, figuring again, things again, out. Again, this here. this thing took off at <laughs> first. You guys realize, you know, it's really easy to get a to get a, a county brown barbecue label. You know that, right? Yep.
5: Yep, we're we're working towards that right now. We, we've actually uh, this past week uh, specifically, we've been talking every single day, multiple times a day. Looking up everything online, figuring out how we can, you know, apply for it, get it, and, uh, and hopefully start to grow it. We're also working and, and been talking to uh, our buddy, uh, uh, Charlie, who owns um, Hot Charlie's, which is the hot sauce yeah. for the competition. Yeah, um, He's been fantastic at getting us info on all that stuff. So he's doing that, uh, changing the world one, one bottle at a time is what he says. And uh, <laughs> right on. Um, he's helping us out, you know, trying to figure out how we want to start out. Um, and hopefully lead into barbecue sauces rubs oh, yeah um, not just you know not just uh, uh competitions and everything so yeah and
1: you know what here's a deal i i think people would also cuz i would if i went to schnooks or deerburg or something and i saw county brown barbecue sauce in there and i knew a portion of it went to Backstabbers, i'd pick up i'd pick up and this is good badger yours are good Yours are good too brother leaving thanks Thank it's you. Re- really Thank you it's much. great and and uh and the meat is perfect you guys uh, but no, I would, you know, you guys could do this where, and let's face it though, because I think most of the people out there, uh, as, aside from obviously the, the, the portion you give and the money you give to backstoppers and everything else, I would hope that eventually you guys build this to, to a business where you can actually make a little money for your families too, because let's face it, you know, we, lo- we look at the way police officers and, you know, first cool responders right. are paid around here, man,
10: are everywhere.
1: Well uh, we, got, I be, we got
10: a lot of help with Prop P. We got a lot of help, yeah, and that that definitely made a difference in morale. Went through the roof, yeah, yeah, in in, in a time where it needed to.
1: You know, yeah. that's interesting. I'm glad, I want people to hear that again because, you know, at the time when Prop P was going on, uh, there was a little debate, like in the more of the conservative community, about you know, oh, it's another tax, it's another proposition, another this and this. That I try to explain to people that. Of all the things that we you know like like for instance i will i 'll support a school uh proposition whatever, but if it if it doesn't work, then i won't support it again and I said, and I try to tell people I said you know of all the things that 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 the government and everybody else keeps on juicing us for, you have to acknowledge this is one thing that that you feel like you that, that you really could invest in and and it, it turns around in a positive manner okay. to you. And, and then and then you and then you looked at all the ways in which it was um being vetted and and how it was being monitored and how there was going to be you know it was going to be used for what they said it was going to be used for and all that kind of stuff and i said you have everything in front of you and it's and it's law enforcement and you know what even if somewhere down the line you you find out it doesn't it's not working out then that's fine but it's it's a risk that i think we as citizens and taxpayers uh, can take in terms of an investment. So I'm, I was really glad that it <laughs> passed. But, but there, you know, because there was some yeah. some people are just like I'm never going to vote for a proposition in any way, shape, or form because they don't manage. It. Or or you, or sometimes you can just kind of take things as right. they are and 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 vet it and make the right decision. I'm glad to hear it's it's I, working I think, out.
10: I think what a lot of the general public didn't understand at the time when Prop P was going. Going on and and the vote and stuff is going on is you had guys that have been on for 15 years that may or may not be making less than the probationary officers are training, and so I mean you know where's the drive to push forward with that? Yeah. So prop P kicked in, and the pay scale that we're supposed to be on is now in effect thanks to our amazing FOP and the work that they've they've done. I mean, like it was it, it was definitely a shot in the arm for me, and I know it. I know it was for the other guys,
1: and has has that uh, baloney about the the militarization and all that has that died down? Because that that to me was uh, really bothered me a lot that we had people who were in positions of power, kind of using that whole militarization thing uh, and leaving people, uh, leaving uh, police officers, everybody else vulnerable. Uh, has that kind of died down? You guys are still. Are you? Did you have to?
10: I think the, I think the whole and again I am not speaking on behalf of yeah. the department at yeah. all. <clears throat> I, I and this is just personal. I, I think that that whole militarization thing was a cheap political yeah right opportunity. You're not going to see our Bearcat or a bear roll up on a standard domestic. You're going to see two uniformed police officers wearing leather gear and a standard in a standard uniform. You're not going to see guys that are showing up. In you know full on tactical right theater. right that's not necessary <laughs> you're yeah not, you're not going to see that and and you know there's just the way that it was played out I think was was unfair to you know us that stand on that line but yeah
1: yeah well seems like it was yesterday too uh, when uh, Blake Snyder was murdered how are you guys doing in uh, after that how's the department holding up after that.
8: As a department as a whole, I think they're still, still looking, we're looking good. I mean, it's never good to lose a yeah. brother, at all. I mean, there's still a lot of support, fundraisers, um, all kinds of events for him, you know, to help raise awareness and help the family out. first yeah. and foremost, you know, it's, it's never good to lose a loved one. It's, yeah,
10: it's terrible, terrible when any officer loses his life in the line of duty. And, you know, I, I tell my wife that I love her every day when I leave and it's, you know, you just, I I can't imagine what, what she went through and is going through and, and how strong she's been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a warrior right there.
1: Right. Well, true. I mean, it's, it's just like in the military, people forget that families serve right along with the people overseas and, and here. Uh, in the states, so it's it's not same thing with fire department same thing with police as well and uh, to uh, round this out with backstoppers that's a great example of uh, you guys raising money for backstoppers uh, backstoppers of course has helped Blake's family Tremendously. tremendously.
10: And they will continue to.
1: Yeah. And then I recently, and I can't remember whether Steve Strell's son was became a county police officer or a city police officer. Uh, Steve Strell was the St. Louis city police officer who was killed in the line of duty. He was working at drug detail down in Jefferson County, uh, and his helicopter c- crashed, and it was uh, back in, like, 1990 one or somewhere in that vicinity and his son recently became a police officer i think it was in the county but i can't remember i think maybe it was in the city but anyway uh, backstoppers basically you know he had hit two brothers has two brothers too uh basically supported that family mm-hmm. and supported their education and everything yeah, else that's what they do on through and it's so it is a
10: it's a, it's
1: really an amazing there, there charity. Is,
10: there, there is truly no better charity, in in my opinion, and, and this is, you know, if I was just somebody that's not in law enforcement, what Backstoppers does is leaps and bounds above. I mean, I would even put it. I mean, to me, it's just the top. I mean, yeah. if something were to happen to me and I can't come home, I know my wife's going to be taken care of. Right. I know my boy is going to be taken care of. It, yeah. It, it, it. They just. Like I get choked up when I think about what backstoppers does because they're just that top yeah. notch of an Amazing. organization.
1: Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, thanks a ton for your service well, on the streets, you. and, and thanks to a ton there. for your barbecue. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> Rob, uh, protect. So protect, serve, cook. Yeah. So uh, we're, we'll take
5: the rest of this out and, uh, and give to yeah everybody out there. But uh, yeah. thanks for having us on, giving us the opportunity and. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll do this again or, or yeah. at least we'll see at some of the events. So that being said, uh real quick, you know, mind me including September second, uh, we'll actually be down in Farmington doing our next event. Um, you have the address for the
8: place? It's called Cole Jackson, Farmington. I think it's ninth nine I know it's 92 miles away from my house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, seemingly, uh, this place was 92 miles away from your house.
5: Did I give you the wrong? You know, it, <laughs> no, it was It was a Google mistake. So uh, uh, <laughs> we ended up out in uh, uh, St. Peter's oh. and came down this way. <laughs> no. So. We were running a little bit late, but we ended up oh, making it on time. I, I, so. I know. Still still great.
8: So, what, what is that badger on? That, that address is going to be 9 North Jefferson, Farmington, Missouri, 63640. Okay. And uh, we'll start serving at 3 p.m. And what is this for? What is this? Uh, just a, your uh, event? or it's, it's our event. My uh, wife's uncle's daughter owns Coljack. Jack. Oh, okay, great. Um, it's, it's like a coffee shop. It's yeah. kind of trying to add some. Pop up restaurants to it, and he, my uncle, reached out to to us as County Brown to see if we'd want to come down and, and cook. Nice, and he said absolutely. So love it, guys. September second. All right. So uh, we're we'll starting
10: at three a.m. Soon. <laughs> <know>. Maybe sooner.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys started early for us too, so I we really really appreciate that. And if you guys go to the uh, just go to the Facebook search bar and 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 find it. It's uh, County Brown Barbecue, and it's right up there. And they'll put all their events up there and everything else. And then we'll make sure we seal the deal on this Santino's thing. If you guys can make it and do it uh, on the 27th of September where we're going to plan our little thing and, and where uh, I see Brett every once in a while. You guys go down there too or does he drag you down there with yet?
5: Me yet? No, they haven't <laughs> been with me yet. So like Everything's <laughs> too far my, away from this house. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On my off
10: days, I'm usually – uh, yeah, a little recluse in my home. Right on. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> I blame you. I all. out the wife because that's what she lets me do. <laughs> right on.
1: Well, thank you guys. And uh, uh, you pleasure. guys, are, your bravery is so much appreciated and we appreciate what you guys are doing. And, uh, and, and, and we're so glad you're having fun too because, I mean, oh, it's a tough job, it. but it's we're glad tough. you guys uh, have some time and, and have found some place to kind of um, air it out a little bit and have, have a good time. So.
10: One of the things I tell people on, on most of the calls I go to is don't hesitate to call us. We're people just like you and you know, we're here for you. Yeah. Let us know what we can do to help you.
1: Yeah. Well, right on guys. You guys are the best. And, uh, and, uh, thanks a ton. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate we little, it. Thank you for uh, letting us on little police here. Why I play some police for the police? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank thanks, man. Thank thanks you. buddy. Thank really you. good really stuff
0: too. It.
5: Thank you.
1: Get a hold of these guys Because they, they'll come out And I'll work it out for you As long as you're interested In helping out backstoppers That'll be that'll be the key And I would so appreciate The fact I would never have met Brett probably and Although I know he's been listening to the show for a while Never would have met him had I not popped down to Santino Cigars and Cocktails there on Volga Road. But it did. See what you get when you pop into Santino's? You never know who you're going to meet. Then the rest becomes history. County Brown Barbecue on Facebook. County police are cool. They, they, uh, I, uh, I was really proud to have one of my in-laws recently become a county police officer and they, they run the county police department. It's pretty, it's, it's a pretty tight, tightly run operation there. These guys are pretty buttoned up, man. County Browns. And Plus, it was really uh, it, for them. A lot of these guys, uh, Ferguson wasn't there long ago. I gar- I in, in their minds, I mean that was that was a that was a traumatic time for law enforcement. I, I, I hope you know. Doesn't matter whether it's a county or the city or the Ferguson Police Department or the state patrol that was really a tough time i don't think people really actually realize what some of these guys were going through during this this period of time and it was it just if you just kind of imagine what it was like suiting up every day going out and 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 knowing that that there were people who really didn't care about about what you were doing or or whether you were that you were that you were like it was like you were the enemy. It, it was, it, it, and, and you knew going out there that you were going out into an atmosphere where when the media focused on you, you were the enemy. You believe that? You're in law enforcement, but for all intents and purposes, for the purposes of the of the of the media and everybody else, you were the one whose fault this was. Or or even that even that, you know, Darren Wilson, who by the way, I still keep in touch with every once in a while. And and he's doing and he's doing well. But his life was ruined. Just completely ruined. And then then imagine being a uh, a police officer during that time, and sometimes you'd, you'd like, maybe change your shirt in the car before you got out to go grab a cup of coffee at the quick trip because you didn't know what somebody was going to do to you. Like like normally you'd think that being in law enforcement or being a firefighter, being being in a first responder, like that would be like the uh, the proudest thing in the world. And yet they were a police officer who had to uh, who had to hide the fact that they were law enforcement around here. That was a pro- that was that was a bummer, man. And as Levy pointed out, you look at the, the family members, and they're watching TV and, and and watching their loved ones who work so hard to become law enforcement officers for very little pay anyway. Listen, police officers don't become police officers because they just can't do anything else. You're going to want to be a police officer. It's kind of like you got you to really want to be in the military. This idea somehow that, oh, they just did it because they just didn't have anything else to do. It's like, no, there's a lot of things you can do when you don't have anything else to do. But be, becoming, going through training in law enforcement or the military is not something you just do because you just don't have anything else to do. The police officers just don't like writing tickets or doing that. That's not, you know, that whole idea somehow that they just live to troll people is ridiculous. You to know, you got to have something in you to be, uh, to be in law enforcement, I'll tell you that. Been close to it for a while. My, my father was, uh, <laughs> yes, <yeah>, Scott. <laughs> Scott, thank you. I'm all for tear gas. Yeah, listen, the police officers wouldn't say that, but we will. I I, I loved it when they popped a little canister towards the handkerchief uh, wearing thugs out there. Uh, and 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 because here's the deal: uh, these guys were first of all just you know going up and spitting on police officers as if they were the enemy and they still try to, they still try to make it out like they are, you know, that they're the problem. But I think most people get it. And you know what? Uh, black, white, whatever, most people understand what uh, police officers do and, 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 and the risks they take. And, and they know that ultimately when they're in trouble, they will call them police officers can't do everything there there's this idea somehow like in some places and we discovered this in the uh, in ferguson that police were suddenly not only not just tasked with enforcing the law they were supposed to be psychologists they were supposed to be parents they were supposed to be educators. It was like everything fell. As much as you hated the police, but everything fell on their shoulders to resolve all the problems that these people had. It's like, nah. It takes, takes, a, takes, a, takes a village, as Hillary would say, to uh, resolve the problems. Uh, so, you know, I I can't appreciate these guys more, I'll tell you that. I think, it's, I think it's died down a little bit now. I think people are getting it now, and the people, under, people understand. But, boy, that time, boy, that 2014, 2015, man, that was a tough time for these guys. But out of that came County Brown Barbecue. So good for you guys. Check them out on Facebook. Like their page follow their exploits, pop down there to Farmington when they're down there on the 2nd of September and then uh, I'm going to hook them up at Santino so you guys might be able to get a taste of County Brown Barbecue there when we go there for our official Radio Free Almond happy hour. And thank you to all sponsors of the show. Thanks to Brother Bob for just popping in. Thanks, Thank you Mark Hayson for coming in and Very early in the morning, fabulously uh, trying to turn this Manafort-Cohen thing into something. To, to, To float your President Trump's evil fantasy blimp. You can always hear the fantasy blimp coming. Oh, look, it's a fantasy blimp up in the air. And, and, and you know how those now they have the blimps with the LEDs on them, and it just floats around and says Trump is a misogynist, Trump is a racist, Cohen Manafort, Russia collusion. You know, that kind of stuff. Well, the fantasy blimp is going to look more like the Hindenburg through November. Got news for you. Thank you to Discovery Design Inc.com. Discovery Design guys will build a truck just for you, your fleet, whatever. Oh, yeah, Kim, that was a pretty good fantasy blimp out of it. I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. Thank you to Santino Cigars and Cocktails right there on Vogel Road. Thank you to. My friend Dr. Eric DePuty is gonna fix me naturally. Without a pill. Thank you to uh, Rick and Tracy Ellis, Tracy Ellis.com. Don't forget I'm kind of a member of the Rick and Tracy Ellis team. And uh, because I'm on my way to getting my real estate license, it's not gonna change anything about my show or anything else. I'm just doing it for the for fun. is where I can hook you up directly with Rick or Tracy. And don't forget about my buddy Chris Kaneman at Mattress King. One Mattress King on Facebook. 636-698-5167 is where you can find him. Set up an appointment with him. You're going to get the least expensive and most comfortable mattress you're going to find Anywhere in the land He carries the symbol mattress Going back to 1961 Made of bamboo Yeah Not of bamboo, but bamboo's in it You get the point And then also Matthew Mitchell Thanks for coming back, buddy 855 quote me, Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency What do you Oh, <laughs> eat that rib, boy Yeah The Matthew Mitchell Lawson Agency, 855, quote me, for all your health, or your your car, your home, your life insurance needs. I don't know why I had health on my mind as I was about to eat this rib from County Brown Barbecue. Must have been a uh, Freudian slip. This looks good. This stuff is healthy. It's protein, people. I say more pigs. Better the better. Smoke them if you got them. Who else? Oh, yeah. Golden Oak Lending. Tell them thanks a lot for uh, popping in, and thanks a lot for agreeing to support Radio Free Almond because we're going to kick it in, in high gear by that time. So, All right, folks, have a great rest of your day. Thank you, County Brown Barbecue. Love it.